0: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
1: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app.
3: you're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Radio.
2: Radio.
0: Two
4: down, and who's next? Well, that's coming right up, but you know what time it is. Yes, you do. It is that time. It's time for Fox Football Sunday. Yes, good morning, America. Yes, it is that time. And, of course, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free Ray Quote. Now, the best time of the week, because he is the best in the business. He's my partner. He's my friend. And, of course, he is the hardest working man in radio
5: today. The one and only Brian No, Hello, B. Happy Thanksgiving post time. Yes, happy uh, post Thanksgiving to you, too, as well. Andy Furman, pleased to be with you here, as always, on a football Sunday. And I just got to say, Irish! ND in the college football playoff, it is a glorious day.
4: Are they still playing that game, LSU, Texas A&M? I, I went back and forth a couple of times to the refrigerator. Why, why are you changing are the subject?
5: Playing? Why are you changing the subject? We're, gl- <laughs> we're gushing about playing. Notre Dame right now.
4: I know we have are. time
5: for seven overtimes later. It's all about ND right now, Andy. It Shame really is you. undefeated.
4: No, I tell you what, but they're there. They're lo- they're a lock. And you know what? I'll go one step further. Brian Kelly could very well be the coach of the year.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's got to be in contention. It's one I of mean, those like I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're but, ever going to have a knockdown drag out about who the coach of the year should and shouldn't be. You know what I mean? Right. Well, but I thought yeah.
4: Mike Leach had a possibility, but Washington had something to do with that the other day. Yeah, so he's yeah, gone. Bad luck. So I think I think Mike Kelly with the undefeated slate. I think Mike, but uh, uh, Brian Kelly is going to get it. Yeah, could be.
5: I mean, I you mean, make I, a I great don't know who else is up there.
4: Huh? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, you know you it.
5: just throw the usual suspects. You know, it pretty, pretty much turns into the greatest surprise award, right? Because Nick Saban's done what Nick Saban does, and Dabo right. Sweeney's had a great year. I guess if you start looking in the pecking order, yeah, I mean, uh, Lincoln Riley would be in the mix. Um, I don't know if Josh Heupel's going to get a whole lot of love for going undefeated when UCF went undefeated it from you. the previous year. Yeah, so... It might be BK. Might be right there, Andy. Could very well
4: be. I, I don't know. All I know is this: we got bigger and better news than that. You know why? Iowa Sam is back from Spain. I want to hear oh, what was what he was doing in Spain.
3: Welcome back, Thank Iowa you. Sam. How are you? Glad to be back. Um, I'm great. I'm doing well. Uh, Spain was excellent. It was a wonderful trip. Wonderful trip. Lots of wine. Lots of local beer. Lots of meats. Lots of cured meats <laughs> and cheeses and bread. Uh, it is a, not a uh, not a cuisine for um, anybody who is a vegetarian or vegan. That's for sure. Cool. Yeah, I didn't realize that Spain was as fond of the pig as oh, they yes. are. Oh yeah, it's even in the deodorant over there. It's crazy, big uh, time. Yeah, they uh, they love these these giant pig legs that are hanging from the window, and they still have the hoof on them. And then you put them on the this hoof. little mount, and then they start carving up super thin sliced cured ham, and it's uh, it's quite something. It's delicious.
4: Well, Very we'll nice. make you back safe and sound. And uh, did you bring any samples back for everybody? I guess not. But I brought back some olive
3: oil and some, some random little cookie pastry things for a few people who helped me out while I was gone. So nothing for you guys, though. Sorry. No, uh, nothing for not. us. No, there nothing you for you. No. Okay. We got
4: nothing for you, so we're going to move on. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I, I've changed my tune. Okay, Brian, I've changed my tune. And I think uh-huh. I'm permitted to do so. Last week I was saying hey, it's so great to have these big 12 games with the big scores because I think a lot of points, a lot of offense brings a lot of people to games. It sells a lot of tickets. What happened these last four or five days, especially last night with the seven-overtime game with LSU, Texas A&M, I think it's disgusting. I, I think it's yeah. truly disgusting. Ohio State putting up 62 points to try to rub the mud in the face of Michigan yesterday. I, I know why they do it, to impress the committee, I guess. And I think there's some sort of a a, a, a a grudge match there with Ohio State and Michigan because I don't think those coaches are best of friends. But again, it's almost disgusting to see the lack of defense and, and the amount of points, it looks like basketball scores. It really does. 74 72 yesterday, LSU. And an AM tied the game late in regulation. Take a listen how it sounded. Listen to this.
6: Final play of this one. Aggie's down 31 24. Rodgers goes in motion. The snap to Mod. They need the touchdown. Kellen throws across the middle. Touchdown. Aggie's Courtney Davis. Wow. What a throw from Kellen
7: Mond to Courtney Davis. Unbelievable.
4: And amazes me. I mean, really and truly. LSU kicked the 50-yard field goal the first overtime. Each team made two-point conversions in the third overtime. Each team missed two-point tries in the fifth overtime. LSU missed his two-point pass in the seventh overtime. And A&M completed his two-point pass to win it. Uh, Listen, here's how it ended finally. Take a
6: listen to this. Kellen looking over the middle. Complete Q touchdown. Aggies. Q does it again. It's a quick slant. And a beautiful throw by Kellen Mond once again. The snap to Kellen. Kellen rolls to his right. Kellen stops. Fires back over the middle. Time the conversion. Kendrick Rogers and the Aggies win. 74, 72, and 7 OTs. Here's your rivalry.
4: Andrew Monaco from Learfield on the Texas A&M call. I thought it was a basketball score. I
5: mean, I, I don't know what you thought about that. I mean, I, I'm sure- I think you're going too yeah. far with this. It's okay, 31-31 right. going into overtime, and just because of the weird college football overtime rules, where you start at your opponent's 25-yard line, it looks like a basketball score. So it's completely inflated. Was it lockdown defense the whole night? No, there was some embarrassing defense, especially in overtime. But it's a seven-overtime game. That's why it looks so ridiculous. I
4: I get that. I'm talking about, like, that 62 points that Ohio State put up yesterday against Michigan. And I really and truly, I mean, you talk about Michigan, they come in there with, like, the heralded defense that they had. I mean, think about what happened yesterday. Ohio State just, like, I didn't – this is a different team. After what I saw against Maryland and Purdue – I thought Michigan was gonna win that game. I don't know about you did you
5: did you have Michigan in that game? I did. I thought that uh, the line just stunk because I always I always say when Vegas acts like they're trying to do you a favor, they typically aren't. And the point point spread with Michigan, you know, being a what four and a half five point favorite depending on when you got it when the the game was about to begin, when Vegas is like, hey, hey, come over here. How about going with the Ohio State Buckeyes, huh? We'll give you four and a half points. They're at home. They've dominated this series lately. When they're trying to do you a favor, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This doesn't feel right. So, yeah, I went with Michigan, and for their number one defense in the entire country to get shredded the way that they did, that was an embarrassment.
4: It really was, and now I guess Dwayne Haskins, his name comes right back into the Heisman conversation.
5: No, I would it think. doesn't. No. Well,
4: I've I've heard it.
5: I'm yeah, not putting well, it in. There. Great because you live five in Ohio. Touchdown. Like that's why. Like it's Tua Tungavailoa easily. Yeah. Like okay, you no, want to mention no like who's going to be there in a suit and tie next to Tua when he's getting the Heisman? Fine, you can mention Dwayne Haskins because he surpassed Drew Brees, 41 touchdown passes this year. That's a right. single season touchdown record in the Big Ten. So he's had a very prolific season, but we all know it's going to Tua.
4: Yeah, it's it, he had that two months ago. He really did. But look, they put up 62 points. Ohio State topped off their beatdown with a 60-burger. Listen to this one.
8: Mm. Gets the snap from Michael Jordan. Back to pass. Haskins looks. Fires. Got right it. corner of the
6: end zone. Campbell's got it for the touchdown. Paris Campbell on a 16-yard
8: touchdown pass from Dwayne Haskins. His second one. Touchdown of the game for Paris Campbell.
4: That was Paul Keels, Ohio State IMG. Paul Keels, the tremendous voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Been there for years. Before that, he did University of Cincinnati. Before that, he did the Detroit Pistons. He has the best best. Hypes in the business, Paul Keels. But let's go back to Jim Harbaugh, my friend. Jim Harbaugh, coach of yeah. Michigan now, 0-4 against Ohio State. He didn't have much to say after the game, but he put the loss on himself. Listen to Jim.
9: When things go good. Things go great. I mean, good. If, uh, if it doesn't, then you take responsibility for it. We'll come back in our next game and you know be motivated to you know, uh, win our next game.
5: <laughs> wow. Wow. He's out of a tin can wow. right there. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, look, for Jim Harbaugh, all the naysayers, all the critics, you don't have much ammunition the other way. When he loses again to Ohio State and he's 0 he was brought there to beat Ohio State, and he hasn't. Mm -hmm. And he had a great chance, I think his best chance this year, because Ohio State hasn't had a great season. They get blown out by Purdue, it was a 9-6 ball game heading into the fourth quarter against Michigan State, who has stunk to the high heavens this year. They right. were lackluster against Nebraska. Ohio State barely survived against Maryland when Maryland's quarterback misses a wide-open receiver for a two-point conversion that would have won the game. Ohio State's been very vulnerable this year in many different instances, and that same team absolutely Dump trucks, Michigan, beat down city. That is terrible, man. It, it was
4: it was disgusting. It really was. I mean, yeah. I was shocked. I, I don't know how, if you, you you had to be shocked. I was totally shocked because honestly, in my heart of hearts, I thought Michigan's going to win, especially at the end of the first half when Ohio State yeah. fumbled that kickoff and it was twenty-one nineteen. You know, Michigan went for two to tie it up, but they failed on the two-point conversion. So it was twenty-one nineteen. And, like, so you know, I mean, hey, Michigan's got a little momentum coming at the halftime. We'll see what happens. Then all of a sudden, they just blew the cover off him. They, they just yeah. beat him them, beat them
5: to death. It was weird, too, because sometimes you'll see that in bowl games where one team's speed is just so much better than the other team's speed. Or these are two teams in the same conference. You know what I mean? Like, Michigan yeah. looked like they were playing another team from another conference in a bowl game. And it was like, whoa, we haven't seen this speed before. It's the Big Ten team, and you had linebackers matched up on running backs, and there were just mismatches all over the place. It was ugly. ugly.
4: Yeah, and, and people were talking about Shane is going to be an NFL quarterback. I don't think so. I don't think so.
5: Yeah. Right? I, I'm not I mean, seeing that either. He might, have a, he might hold a clipboard or something like that. There I don't see know. him being a quarterback of any type of substance, but I will say this real quickly about Urban Meyer. It's a big win for him. I was highly critical of Urban Meyer last week, and I stand by it against Maryland, he was a disaster. He was right. just carrying on and just doubled over and his head was in his hands. And he was clearly frustrated. He's a leader. He's a tone setter. He did not do a good job of showing that he had any confidence whatsoever in his team. And his team sees that and feels that. you got to be better than that. And all we heard throughout the week is, oh, he has these headaches and it's health issues. It's funny. I didn't see Urban Meyer just doubled over against Michigan yesterday. It's funny how that worked out. we
4: well, I got some information, you know, prior to the game, they took some Excedrin. That's why Yeah, oh. this Excedrin prior yeah. to. I forgot he didn't that have it against before Maryland. The Maryland game. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe yeah. he did. So there you go. No, there but is. you know, you're a gentleman. You're a true pro because you come out there and you admit what you said. And, and I was with you. I was in your corner. I had no, no, I don't no disagree with that. You look like quiet. a fool.
5: You look like an idiot against. He Maryland. looked like a
4: fool. He was out of control. He really yeah. was. And and so was his team. I, I think a team follows what a coach does, and a coach has to keep some decorum there. I mean, you're more than just an X and O guy. You're a teacher. You're a leader. And he was not yeah. a leader last week on the sidelines.
5: He wasn't, but hey, they dump trucked Michigan, and now they have Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game and a legitimate argument to be a college football playoff team, which seems insane to me right now, but that's where they're at.
4: Right, and, and as we roll on to the second segment, because we have a long three hours today, let's just say it looks like to me this week on Tuesday night when they have the, the four picks, Alabama won Clemson two, Notre Dame three, and Georgia four.
5: Yeah, that's the way it's going to be, for sure. And then it's all about the conference championship games and what happens with Bama. Does that open a spot? You know, if they take care of business against Georgia, does Georgia show up? So really, it's all about the conference championship games. But it looks like if Bama wins, there's going to be a knockdown dragout argument between Oklahoma and Ohio State. And there's a legitimate argument there between those two teams.
4: And we'll get into that a little bit later on. But right now, we'll tell you that we have a sweet Twitter account. And you could get to him, and his name is Brian No. You get to him at the No Show, N O E Show, or at Andy Furman, F S R. If you have a comment, or better yet, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox, eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. Or we'll tell you the lineup today, so you don't have to move and go anywhere. Just stay with us for three hours today. It's tremendous. We got Bronx Talk Radio with the return of Sammy Kay In this hour, hour number two, we got bottom barrel betting. Hour number three, the Sheik himself will be here. That's Alex Marvez. Who is he? He's Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider. Follow that. My nose picks will put some cash in your pocket. So it's no reason for you to leave us today in any manner, shape or form. But who was the biggest loser on Turkey Day? We'll tell you next. They're getting
2: an interaction right there out and getting a, they're getting an argument in a fight.
4: They matched their total from a year ago. We'll get to that in just about a minute. 20 past the hour on Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. And, of course, we're brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. B, guess what? Guess what? We got some callers. Are you ready? Uh Uh-oh.
5: Yeah, let's do it. Let's run through them. Marcel from New York,
4: you're on with Brian No and Andy Furman. Hello, Marcel. How are you?
6: Top of the morning and happy Thanksgiving, gentlemen. Appreciate that. Same to you. All right. It is Sunday. i got two great franchise teams that Fox telling us about it. First, my Giants taking on the um, Super Bowl champs, the Eagles. That will be taking place at 1 p.m. Eastern. Anthony? Who's which, which going to win as the winning streak continues for our Big Blue? Giants Three in a or row Eagles? for the Giants. Three in a row
4: for the G-Men. They're beating the Eagles today in Philadelphia.
6: Oh, yeah. The city of brotherly love goes happiness into the worst. Ha! <laughs> I said it. <laughs> and um, second one on today, my Brian Brinkley's Seahawks, Russell Wilson, takes on Cam Newton and the Panthers. Who's going to win, gentlemen, Seahawks or Panthers?
5: I'm going with the Panthers.
4: Where'd he go? I think he's gone. I don't I know. Maybe
5: to... he disliked that selection.
4: I think he didn't like it. He... Well, that's good. Let him, Let him go. Look at him, Marty. <laughs> Marty! Marty, you're on with Brian O and Andy Furman. Hello, Marty. How are you?
10: What's going on, guys? What's up, man? You can tell hey, listen. I got a couple of questions. This playoff thing with the, with the college football, I'm still kind of confused on it, so... Texas is going to play OU and Notre. I mean, um, Ohio State. After what they did yesterday, lord forbid, is going to go play Northwestern. So if Texas beats OU, it doesn't matter. Does that,
5: yeah, Texas
10: Where is that going to leave
5: Texas? Uh, nowhere we're near the college football playoff because they're leave nine by a three. television set. Yeah, by a TV set watching the games, right.
10: Right, I mean, what bowl would they be playing in? I mean, won't they be able a bowl contender though?
5: Oh, of course. There's nine thousand yeah. bowls. They're going to be a right. bowl.
10: <laughs> okay, I guess the question, the real question is, who's going to be number one, a uh, number four after? I mean, y'all was just talking about a while ago. If if Notre Dame goes in and beats Northwestern, and uh, say OU does beat Texas, doesn't that leave them an opportunity to, you know? Shouldn't they have to play each other to see who's going to be number four? No, I mean, they no, would...
1: no.
5: you just got to make a decision.
10: And it seems like
5: that's the way it's going to come down. Because
10: right.
5: right now we would believe that Bama is going to beat Georgia. If Georgia beat right. them, then right. Bama would probably be the fourth team. So it seems to come down to Oklahoma and Ohio State, assuming they win their conference championship games.
4: Right, and, and here's the key to that situation, that scenario. Ohio State has the better win over Michigan, but Ohio State also has the worst loss with Purdue. And right. and the Maryland game is almost a loss as well. Oklahoma, obviously, when you compare the two teams, has a better offense, but certainly a worse defense. So it's going to be a tough decision. It really
10: is. Why well, flip a quarter? Just let them finish it out there on the field have a playoff. Have a runoff. I mean, you know. Well, because there's only six spots. I know, I know what y'all are saying. And, I mean, yeah. it's sometimes you got to flip the quarter and make a decision that way, too, you know, yeah, so okay. to speak.
4: Yeah, we're making a decision, too, to say adios to you. So have a great day. All right? Very good. You know, he makes an interesting point, but it's not going to happen. No, I, I hate to be rude, but I'd rather talk to you. I really okay. would. You know what I'm all saying? Right. I really would. You know? Do, do you agree? I. Re- you want to talk to Marty? Call him back. I mean, it's okay. No, no, no. You're
5: no. you're fine. You did no fine job. Right. Fine job he, steering the ship, Andy. Furman. No,
4: he he made he made his point, and they're I going to play each other. If it comes down to that, it's going to be a decision by the committee. But I want to go back to Turkey Day and see who well, the biggest loser was.
5: L- let me just say this real quick before we go to Turkey Day, because, um. It, This thought of it isn't settled on the field. I get that, what they're saying. If there's a committee that says, all right, we're going to choose Oklahoma, or they say, all right, we're going to choose Ohio State. Those two teams didn't play each other. But yet, they have a full body of work throughout the entire season, and there are ways, believe it or not, to split hairs and determine who had the better season And who you believe is the better team. I go by better body of work. I am always pro body of work instead of the hypothetical of, hey, if they met, who do I think would win? Or who do I believe is the better team? I go by body of work, who you played, who you beat, who do you think has a better body of work? That's the way I separate it, and that's the way I think the committee should do it, too.
4: There's no doubt. And Ohio State really all season long trailed Oklahoma in those rankings. So we'll see what happens right now at the bottom right. line at the end of the season. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I think the key is obviously that Texas-Oklahoma game. That's a major key. And it's certainly I think Ohio State's going to handle Northwestern somewhat easily. Well, Northwestern has four losses already. So we'll see what happens there. But
5: Which, which going- do you think is better? I'm sorry, Andy. I, I'm trying <laughs> not to delay the Turkey Day conversation. But <laughs> seriously, day. this is... Important. Which do you think is better? Is it a better win for Ohio State beating a Michigan team? Where you look at Oklahoma, they beat West Virginia on the road, which is a pretty good win as well. Uh, maybe people go, I would assume they would go with Michigan because they were a higher ranked right. team at the time, no doubt. even though it's a home game versus a road game for Oklahoma. Or and is the it to, yeah. the worst the key, loss? Because there's the no doubt Ohio State had a worse loss than Oklahoma.
4: No doubt. But the key to that Michigan win not only was it a great win, I think the key has to be that defensive number one stance in the country, beating right. that team in the way they beat him. And that's why Urban Meyer ran up that score with 62 big ones.
5: That yeah, was the key right there. You know, a lot of it is just recency bias. You just go by what you just saw. And for Ohio State to blow the doors off Michigan like that, the committee could be like, whoa, well, that really caught their attention. So I don't know if it's better win versus worse loss, which is better or worse in the eyes of the committee. I think right. it's a lot to do with what happened most recently.
4: Well, I think the way the team trends, that's a key. The team is trending upwards as as opposed to what they did. But you I know just, what? I Go- hate
5: that, man. It's all about what is your full resume. Of it, course. We shouldn't be in this knee-jerk reaction of The last thing you saw and then you forget everything else, you know, shouldn't be like that. Like I saw them barely beat Maryland. Maryland screwed up a two point conversion. That Maryland team got the doors blown off of them last night by Purdue or or by Penn State. Penn State crushed Maryland and we're just going to forget that Ohio State was on the ropes against Maryland. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. And
4: that's why I've said from the get-go that these voters have to be transparent and tell us who they voted for and why. I want each voter to come forth and show me who they voted for. And they won't. I
11: like that. Because
4: a lot of them are going to have that, what you've done for me lately, and a lot of them will have the full body of work. I'm I'm sure it's subjective to each individual voter. And I want to hear from each voter how they voted and why.
5: Yeah. Hey, man, I'm all for transparency. I'm good with that.
4: There you go. I'll put my clothes back on if you don't want to see transparency. (laughs) There we go. Uh, For one second, I just want to mention this in passing because I go back on Thanksgiving Day. The biggest loser on my mind had to be the Detroit Lions. They lost to the Bears 23-16. And in that process, they equaled their loss total of a year ago. Seven losses a year ago. And they lost seven already this year. Uh, They host the Rams next week. And and what I've talked about now with the, the Detroit Lions, it's almost like Thanksgiving tradition. They're on TV and they lose. And maybe it's time to move on from Matthew Stafford because, you know, I think this guy does not get the, the criticism he deserves. We talk about people not getting the accolades they deserve. I don't think he gets the criticism he deserves. I understand he never had a great, a great offensive uh, running game on his side, very poor defense on that team for years, at least in the secondary, but still in all, they don't win, and, and he's
5: the quarterback. Well, I look at it this way. There's a lot to unpack here, so I'll try to give you the cliff notes version. What mm-hmm. he did against the Bears with the pick six—it was dreadful. It's terrible. Yeah. The Lions were right in that ball game. It was a tie game. They've got the ball. They've got some momentum. And he throws a pick six, and it's like, well, we can forget about the win here. You know, <laughs> essentially, that's how it went down. That was a huge turning point. So I think there are a lot of times where you look at the big picture games or the standalone games. And if Matthew Stafford underperforms, it becomes this narrative of he always sucks. And that's just not true. Matthew Stafford, there's some really good stuff that he's been able to do individually. And there's some bad stuff. It's a combination of the two. And all I'm saying is Matthew Stafford's don't grow on trees. And you could do a lot worse than Matthew Stafford. So to just say, all right, we're going in a different direction, I I think there's a better chance that in the draft you don't find someone who's better than Matthew Stafford than you do. So I would be more reluctant than you to just be like, you know what, screw it. We lost to the Bears. The pick six was terrible. I'm tired of this. We're on. Moving away from Matthew Stafford. I think it's far more likely you find somebody worse than him if you try you know to what? do that.
4: You're preaching to the choir, and I'm saying that the Detroit Lions, obviously, they need to move on in a different direction, but so does Matthew Stafford because I think he could be successful in another I, I don't know
5: club. if you heard me or not. Because no, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I'm not no. I'm not saying the Lions should move on they from could Matthew do, Stafford.
4: No, they, you're saying they could do a lot worse, and you're saying that yeah. he's not a bad quarterback, and he's not. I'm right. saying that he could have more success on another team. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback either. I'm gotcha. just saying the, the mix is not good. The mix well, over yeah, there is
5: not good. I, I think that the roster has held the Lions back way more than Matthew Stafford has. Agreed. Agreed and, on that. And, yes. and that's where I would go with it. Yeah, if you surround him with better talent, I think he's capable of – you know, leading you to playoff wins and significant seasons. Like, look how long it took them to get a 100-yard rusher. They hadn't had one since 2013 with Reggie Bush. Until you have, what, Carryon Johnson this year. It's crazy. Yeah. So to make oh, it all view. about him, I think, is missing the mark.
4: Thank you very much. We move on. Brian Noe, Andy Furman, Fox Football Sunday, and of course, The rookie went old school. That's next, but first, he's back. Our guy, Ralph Irvin, with the latest.
8: Well, thank you very much, Andy. And, yes, it was a wild final regular season Saturday of college football. The top team, number one, Alabama, easily won over Auburn, 52-21. Number two, Clemson, the same over South Carolina, 56-35. Number three, Notre Dame, a little bit of a struggle, but they did win at Southern Cal, 24-17. Number 10, Ohio State, just obliterated number four, Michigan Wolverines, yeah. Uh, 62 to 39, the final score there. Number five Georgia, 45 21 over Georgia Tech. They'll take on number one Alabama for the SEC title. And how about seven overtimes in College Station? Number 22 Texas A&M, they survive 74 72 over number seven LSU. Yeah, it all adds up to. And I noticed you haven't said this one, Brian. If Ohio State and Oklahoma lose. Their conference championship oh. games.
5: Yeah, let's not even think about that, Ralph Irvin.
8: There's really only going to be one answer left that no one wants to deal with.
5: Let's not Let's not even think I'm about that. I'm just saying. It's,
8: yeah. it's hanging there in the ether. <laughs> Online <laughs> say, car say shopping. It. Who? What's that?
4: Say it, please. Say
8: Uh I just will say this. Ohio State won a national championship with a third-string quarterback. And the Eagles won a, na- uh, a Super Bowl with a backup mm-hmm. quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Really? Uh, well, yep, really? that's wow. all I'm going to say. Okay, all right. Online car shopping can be confusing. <laughs> Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. 49ers linebacker Reuben Foster arrested in the team's hotel in Tampa last night. Arrested for domestic violence battery. He is currently being held without bail So he is not going to be playing for the 49ers when they take on the Buccaneers. And gentlemen, the countdown to kickoff is on. We are six and a half hours away from NFL Sunday number 12. Seven games will be kicking off at 1 o'clock Eastern time, including the Oakland Raiders traveling to Baltimore to face the Ravens.
4: Thank you, man. i see you in about an hour. And you know what? We haven't seen this in about 68 years. We'll get to that in just about a minute, Brian. No, Andy Firm. We call it Fox Football Sunday. And of course, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to say 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And of course, Andy,
5: I'll say, let me say this real quick about Reuben Foster, just real fast. Sure. I don't know what happened, but how are you accused again? when you got new life with the other allegations. Remember the the girl recanted her story and said, ah, never happened, he didn't throw the dog across the room, he didn't do this or that to me. And now all of a sudden you're arrested at the team's hotel? No bail? When you got a second chance, like, what are you doing? How are you in that position? I questioned the first situation.
4: I figured that he probably paid her off to keep our mouth shut initially. I'm just allegedly thinking that. But you're right, you got a second life, you're back at work, you're in the National Football League, and how humiliating and embarrassing and just really and truly of a team to give him that second chance and arrested the night before a game in the hotel. Shame on you. Shame on you.
5: Yeah, that is, man, oh man, oh man. And that's the deal is, you know, from a life perspective, that obviously takes precedence. But look, John Lynch, the GM of the Niners, he's looking at building the team. And right now you're looking square in the face of this is a 31st overall pick. This is a first-rounder from last year. This guy is a baby in the NFL. And if he had his head screwed on straight, he would be a great player for a long, long time. And now you're looking at the legitimate possibility that you might never have him in a 49ers uniform again.
4: Well, I'll tell you what I'm waiting for. Here's what I'm waiting for right now. If Roger Goodell had a pair of hanging downs, he'd have an announcement tomorrow morning saying this guy's banned from the league for life. That's what he should do. You know, Set a precedent. I'm tired of the battery and the domestic violence. It's disgusting. I hate it. That a man would pick up his hands and fists to a woman. All right? So you set a precedent. You have a guy thrown out of the league and maybe, just maybe, the the light will go on in someone's head and it'll stop because I'm tired of reading it and talking about it.
5: Well, hey, man. uh, We'll see because this isn't his first run-in. And uh, uh, I I just think that there's going to be a lot of teams where, I mean, think about who you're doing business with and who you can count on. Can you count on Reuben Foster right now? So if the Niners don't think that, who else is going to? It's, it's, it's
6: but, a but rough situation to me,
4: for it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you're going to ban a quarterback by Tom Brady for putting air, allegedly putting air in a football, and you suspend them four games, and, and nothing's going to be said. I promise you, by this time tomorrow, still nothing will be said for the commissioner's office about Reuben Foster.
5: Or from the well, 49ers themselves. Well, they're Do
4: gonna, something. They're
5: going to see how things play out. Oh, but I'm, I'm serious, though. Andy, yeah. Like this, it has to play out instead of just reacting and saying, all right, well, you're banned from the league. And then all of a sudden they have a trial. There's not right, a guilty. I, I like, there's, it's a whole process, Andy. So, of course not. They're not going to have this knee-jerk reaction of, you're out of here based on these allegations.
4: We'll see what happens, okay? We'll, we'll let, let, the, let the courts make their decision, and then hopefully the legal make the right decision. That's what we'll do. All right, we'll just wait and see. But okay. today, as as Ralph mentioned, the Raiders are at the Ravens. Ravens five and five. Raiders Ooh. two and eight. Uh, and I right. have the latest line: Oakland getting eleven and a half.
5: Eleven yeah. and a half. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. And that's uh the fat that's a line lot. right there.
4: That's a lot. really. fat line,
5: look, Andy Furman. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is <laughs> with to me, it comes down to Lamar Jackson how much are you going to be running this guy? Cause he rushed the ball 27 times last week against the Bengals. That is way too many Andy. And we saw with Ralph Irvin mentioning not by name, but Mackenzie Milton of UCF with that hey. terrible injury against South Florida. That's the risk you are taking with running quarterbacks and with Lamar Jackson, who's built similarly like Mackenzie Milton, you are, it's any play, you could blow out a knee and take a se- severe shot and be on the sideline. I just don't like how much they're running that guy.
4: I'm with you. But you know what? I think they had to do that for his first start to kind of limit the playbook, to make it a little easier on him. We'll see what happens today. But, but that's the thing, is
5: I think there are runs where you're sliding. You get what you can get and you slide, you get down. You don't take that additional punishment. That's not what Lamar Jackson was doing. I don't like that at all. Listen to this real quickly. He was a guest on Dan Patrick's show this this week. And Dan asked him if he protects himself before he gets hit. Absolutely. You know, I brace for the hits. <laughs> he braces for the hits. That's how he protects himself, Andy. Wow. Come on, man. Like You're not going to last like that.
4: I'm with you. I mean, and I said this is the first time we saw this in 68 years. He got that first career start. He did something that no player had done since 1950. What did he do? He threw at least 10 passes and ran the ball at least 25 times. And as you mentioned, he had 25 rushes for 117 yards. You can't survive or live in the National Football League as a quarterback with those statistics. You just can't. And, and hopefully the coaching staff will not let him do that or make him do that. And I guess he's going to start today. I haven't heard any report on Joe yeah. Flacco getting started no, start
5: today. Yeah, yeah he'll him. be in there. Yeah, it's Lamar Jackson's show at least for this week against the Raiders. And they've got the 31 the 31st ranked rush defense this year. So that's the the key like if Lamar Jackson drops back to pass, nobody's open or he goes through his progressions and it's going to be there. He's going to see some green grass in front of him. And I'm all for quarterbacks running. I'm not you can't run, you can't buy time. It's just don't take that additional punishment. Slide, protect right. yourself, keep yourself upright. And he has shown a tendency to want to make the big play and try to juke the 11 guys from the other team, and that's just not a great long-term formula.
4: Right, and before we get to Bronx Talk ready, let's squeeze in Richard, our good friend from West Virginia, with Brian Noah and Andy Furman. Hello, Richard, how are you
5: today?
10: Uh, I'm sick in bed with a nurse, but that's a personal problem
5: there. Oh. <laughs> wow, that doesn't sound like a problem. Yeah, right,
10: I wish right. it was. Yeah. I couldn't do him any good anyway. <laughs> what I wanted to find out was—I was just thinking about this with Matthew Stafford. The way you were talking, when he got that two hundred million dollar contract, I was just—two hundred just, uh, million. Yeah, Matthew Stafford got a two hundred million dollar contract when he when signed that, his I, last one. I, I, didn't,
4: I yeah, didn't. know what it's, country? It's never happened in about. NFL history, but okay. Yeah, Twenty million, I believe it was, but not two hundred million.
10: I believe it was two hundred million not twenty million, but anyway, had to, had he was. You had to uh, get on
5: the twenty eighteen updated version of the internet, Richard. Okay.
4: Wh- whatever, what what's on your mind?
10: Okay, I was just wondering who is a more dysfunctional team, the Cleveland Browns or the uh, Detroit Lions? It's
5: not a bad to, question, so right it, now. It's like, a pretty good <laughs>
4: question, really. I, yeah, my, my take I, would be Cleveland.
5: Yeah, uh, well, Cleveland's at least headed in the, uh, the right direction. I mean, they've what about got the same record. So it seems like Cleveland is speeding past the lions. That's not necessarily <laughs> the truth, but yeah, right now the lions falling from where they were last year. And with Matt, Patricia, who is telling reporters to, you know, show a little bit of class. And uh, like it's just been an odd year. They're practicing in the snow. They're trading right. golden Tate. Like it's just been a weird year for the lions.
4: Very strange. Report his posture. That's what he was doing there, too, at news conferences. But we'll see. Sit up and show some class. Sit up, will you please? Yeah. Yeah. Brian No, Andy Furman. By the way, the rain in Spain forced a return to the Bronx. That's next. Bronx Talk Radio coming right up about 11 minutes before the top of the hour. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We call this Fox Football Sunday. And, of course, we're brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. Now, the man himself... Returning refreshed, the one, the only Sammy K. Guys, 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 it's time to channel your inner New Yorker. You are I'm not I'm not not
6: enough. Enough.
7: We want to hear all the irrationalities you can spew on the
6: hottest topics of the day. Up your you do talk me that way. Get out of here.
7: Here's something we like to call Bronx Talk
6: Radio, hosted by the great Sammy K. I'm back. I'm back from abroad. W- what do you mean? W- what are you talking about? Uh, oh, abroad. Uh, a- what does that mean? Uh, Abroad's house. Uh, Abroad's uh, house. You can't That's say that on I mean. the radio. You oh, cannot say What are you oh. doing over here? We got FCC oh, regulations oh. over Uh-oh. here. Uh-oh. Oh, I what can't you, say Crazy? Okay. My bad. <laughs> Whoopsie-daisy. Well, I got to I gotta thank uh, Gabba, Gabba the Goon for filling in there. Gavin the Goon. Yeah, the, it was the thank best you. one ever. The Goon or it the one. Goon. His nickname's changing
5: over there. Gabba yeah. the
6: Goon. Gavin the Goon. Well, my boys, oh, my goodness, Bear Bryant, he'd be spinning in his houndstooth tomb. We're seeing points flying all over the place in the NFL and college. What's going on? Where's my defense? Where's my defense anymore? We got these crazy games. Hundreds of points. What's what going on? in the name of Don
5: Shula's afternoon pudding is going on here <laughs> with the defenses? Huh, I can't
6: stop nobody over here. It's ridiculous. Andy, where's my defense? There's a reason it? why,
4: because they got to put up the points for the committee to prove themselves that they're worthy of the four teams in the final playoffs. That's why they do it. That's why Ohio State rubbed it in the face of Michigan yesterday. I'll say it.
7: I'll say it. no one else is gonna say it. These offenses are using PEDs. They got steroids. The <laughs> juice this guy.
6: Who is this Can't guy? Anyway? What? Who up are you? Who are you selection. there? All right. These crazy things. Hey, I will tell you what, mystery voice there, the goat. Say hi to your mother for me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Do it. That's what I <laughs> get. always oh. think about your mother. All right, let's move on. Oh. I'm seeing a lot of five and five on the NFL schedule today. We got the five and fives battling. Tell me. We got the Bengals, the Seahawks, the Ravens, we got the Dolphins and the Colts. They're both five and five. Who's gonna cash in the most with the W? Who needs a win real bad right here? I'm looking at you, Cincy. You got the Browns at home. You gotta take care of business. They all take wins. What. They're five and five. Yeah, Hello. I know, but like, yeah. for the, you look at their schedule going on. Who's who needs it? Real bad, real bad. Tell me. The the Bengals need it. They started four
4: and one, so they're going downhill. I'll tell you what, the team that looks really good to me are the Colts. They won four straight. They're on a roll right now.
5: They're on a roll right now, but I'll tell you what—they need this one badly because in that division, you got a chance to do something, and you got to win this game at home against the Dolphins. and Hill is back with his busted shoulder.
6: You can't miss this opportunity. You're on a roll, so I think the Colts need it. We'll all see. good, all good opines there. All good opines. All right. Anybody watching the basketball, uh, college or pro? When is it appropriate to start watching the basketballs? Right now, because the college is winding down. I like these tournaments, I do, in Maui, and Bali, wherever you got them, in Italy, wherever they are. What, when are we watching basketball? What was do you know the next after Maui? Where Bali, in Mali <laughs> and Italy. Where are we going? Where are we going, going on the trip? I the Bali
5: Invitational over there. But in Bali, yeah, Indonesia. It's acceptable right now. I love the NBA. I've been dabbling with college hoops, but I'm not fully invested because it's still in the heart of... Football season over here, you know? But you could be you know gambling, absolutely.
4: Nobody's watching it because I watched this tournament the other day from Niceville, Florida, and there was no one there in the gym. There's more people shopping at
5: Kroger than there are at Niceville, Florida. Hey, How's hey, that? Hey. Zion Williamson. Kid is
6: a beast. Kid yeah, is a beast. Yeah. He's almost three hundred pounds with agility. Agility. It's amazing. All right, we did. gotta move on. We gotta move on. Uh uh. uh uh, all right, <laughs> What well, are we moving to? What's, right, with, the, smooth transition. what's with the screaming kids? The only kids? thing you need to do is a bowel movement. That's what you need. I got to talk about the screaming kids in the plane. We got about 30 seconds. What's going on with the kids on the plane? Who let these demonic tormentors on my 12-hour flight? The parents have no spine. They have no spine. I can't take these little tormentors. They're, I you're can killing just
5: me. picture you
6: Gah! with this Gah! ugly mug.
5: You know, expression. I'm not talking about your muck, but this expression on your face. And you sat
6: there and you did nothing. Tell me I'm wrong. Am I the bad guy for going over there and saying, hey, kids, pipe down? Am I the bad guy? Suck it up. Suck it up. No, you're not the bad guy, but you are as well as me. You did not do that. Oh, I did I stayed teeth. there. You did not do that. Ow. You did not do that. You did not do that. You're talking tough right yeah. now. You did not do that. Oh, there we go. Ow. He stopped his streak. We'll explain
4: that in just about a minute. But now it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it is that time. It's Fox Football Sunday. And we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free... Ray quote. Now, the best time of the week for me because I introduced the hardest working man in radio today who just happens to be my partner and friend. What a guy he is. Between those ears, there's none better. The one, the only,
5: Brian No, Hello,
4: B. How are you?
5: Doing fantastic, Andy Furman, every single week. Yes. You are my yes, Flavor are. Flav, and I mean that affectionately. You know Thank how you. Flavor Flav is the hype man for the great yes. rap group, Public Enemy? That's what you are. And Thank I mean you. that affectionately because a you give me... Yes, you give me a rousing introduction every hour. And, I and love it's
4: well-deserved, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I really do. I don't do it for everybody. I don't do it for Iowa Sam. I don't do it for Gavin the <laughs> Goon. I don't do it for them. <laughs> I may do it for Ralph Irvin because I like Ralph, because he's in my corner on, on three letters. You know what those three letters are? I think UCF. I UCF. Yeah. UCF. Yes, he and I are the only two. And I'll tell you what, let's talk about this college football mess right now, because we know we got Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Notre Dame 3, Georgia 4, but the playoffs are right around the corner, and of course, the championship games are next week. And here's my question right now: All right, uh, Ohio State has spent all year behind Oklahoma in the college football rankings. They were also bypassed by undefeated number nine UCF last week. UCF is undefeated, so is Notre Dame. Is it possible? If Ohio State loses to Northwestern in the Big 12 Big 10 championship game in Indianapolis next week, can UCF sneak in to be the fourth team? Can they possibly if Georgia loses to again, you know, uh in their championship game in the SEC to Alabama, could the
5: UCF sneak in? Well, it's a legitimate question because let's just play this thing out. Andy, like you're just talking about. Let's say Bama beats Georgia, which is very possible, right? Let's say Oklahoma loses to Texas possible let's say ohio state loses to northwestern all possible i think it's unlikely that everything happens but let's just walk down this road yes do you have the knights in the playoff if that's the case who do you give it to if all those teams lose out who would you go with instead of ucf and we've made it very obvious and just to give the cliff notes restatement their schedule sucks. Like UCF's oh, yeah. body of work yeah. is just not impressive whatsoever. I mean, if Washington got State's teams, out. Yeah, all around them losing. LSU right. just lost. They're going to drop. Washington State lost. They're going to drop. West Virginia see, lost. Yeah, I don't see teams behind UCF that are going to either leapfrog them or stay in front of them if they leapfrog them because they're not in a conference championship game and UCF will be. So they would leapfrog them back if anybody jumps them, right? So, yeah, if all those teams lose, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, there's a great chance that UCF would get that bid. I just don't see that scenario unfolding.
4: And I'm sure the committee right now is biting the nails, whatever nails they have left, because I don't think they want to see that situation. I, I really don't think they want to see that because I, I don't think they I, want yeah. to put a team like UCF in there. They, they don't want to put. Uh,
5: yeah. uh, you, know, you don't? I don't know. What do you think? I, I think this way. Um, why not? You know, in terms of the committee, if it, if it unfolds like that, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State all lose. What's the worst thing about UCF being there? The worst thing would be that Mackenzie Milton isn't going to be healthy for that game. So that stinks. But I mean, it's UCF. It's going to be built into this, you know, all right, let's see them now. Let's see what they can do now. And if they played Alabama, it's not the greatest scenario. But, I mean, really, you've got the name recognition, the brand name of Oklahoma right. or Ohio State. But in your heart of hearts, how do you think either of those teams would fare against Alabama?
4: I don't think they'd do well. I don't think a combined I e- team. I don't yeah. think an all-star
5: team from both of them could beat Alabama. I I think a combination probably could. But it'd, be, it'd be tough. The it'd way those tough. teams individually are, it's at least you'd have Kyler Murray with Oklahoma who's dynamic. And Dwayne Haskins, who's dynamic, he got a backup with UCF. So it's not what the committee is going to want to do. It's an interesting conversation to have, but the likelihood of that being the decision the committee is faced with is not very likely.
4: And and the funny thing is, I want to make a somewhat comparison here between the NCAA basketball tournament and college football. What do I mean by that? People are saying that UCF has their nose pressed against the glass, and obviously they were ahead of Ohio State last week in the, in the rankings that they give out. But I don't think people really want to see them in there where on the basketball side of things, they love it when a Loyola or Chicago goes in there. It's the Cinderella team. They don't want Cinderella's in football for, the, for whatever reason. They
5: want the brand names. Well, I don't think so. I think that they would be up for Cinderella. It would be very compelling if you had a Cinderella-like run. But the thing is, when you only have four seats available, they're going by body of work. And yeah, I know it shouldn't factor in, but it does. They're going by name recognition, who has the best pizzazz. I hate all of that stuff, but there is something there. They absolutely consider that. They shouldn't, but they do. So I don't think that they're only thinking of that and that alone. Like if UCF had this beautiful body of work, and they went out of their hack conference and played some legitimate non-conference teams and had some big-time wins on their schedule, I'd be the first one yelling on the behalf of UCF. They just don't have right. that. So and, I don't think – to, to make it yeah. out like that's the only thing the committee considers is ridiculous.
4: And the one thing they had was that went over pit and that was blown out the window yesterday when Miami just –
6: Oh, beat gosh. the living
4: daylights out of pit. Yeah, so Pitt I mean was, that was not and yeah.
6: you know they had North brutal.
4: Carolina, that game was cancelled because of the hurricane. So yeah, you're right. You gotta do you gotta help yourself. Don't look at the committee to help you, UCF. Help yourself by getting on the horn and getting some teams on your schedule. And and don't give me the story that they don't want to play us because they're afraid. All I said, I mentioned this last week, look at the MAC conference. Look at the Mid-American conference. Those schools are playing the Notre Dames of the world. They're playing the Northwesters. They're playing the Big Ten, Big 12 schools. They really are. They're playing big name schools because they realize that to get recognition, you need
5: to play a team that has a Broadway name. And so did Boise State. Boise State had a 14-0 season. They had three straight 12-1 seasons. They were a good team. And it was the same concept back then that people are applying to UCF right now, which is what good can come from playing a team like that? If you beat right. them, you were supposed to. If you lose to them, it's a big deal. So no one wants the schedule UCF. It was the same concept with Boise State. And when they were at their peak, they found a way to schedule ranked teams every year. So I don't want to hear this about UCF, and they just can't do it. Everybody's scared. It's a ridiculous narrative. Yeah, but the
4: one good thing is, A, it gives you good fodder to discuss, I mean, as far as talk radio is concerned, and B, it gives you even more of an interest to watch these these championship games next weekend, which, you know, at at the end of the day, they really don't mean anything. But now they do because they mean things for shuffling in the order of the four teams, which is a pretty good deal.
5: Right, but it's just the UCF bad logic wears me out, Andy. We've got a tweet here from Danny, and he says, What about UCF? They should be number four even without their quarterback. If you want to make an argument and say, Hey, look, if UCF being undefeated is there in the mix, and you've got Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ohio State who all lose... UCF should get a look. They've got a legitimate right. chance to be one of those Final 4 teams. I will listen to that argument. That argument makes sense. The argument of they should be the fourth team right now is idiotic. No, it's, it's got crazy. to play out for them.
4: Yeah, it's got the dominoes have to flow for them and that and and as you say it's it's possible but not highly probable for every domino to fall in their in their favor. It's not going to happen. I, I don't right. think.
5: That's right. Because of teams like the teams ahead of them have much more impressive wins. Ohio State's yeah. gonna leapfrog them. We know that. They beat the number four team in Texas. the country. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma's not gonna lose to Texas again. Eh, probably not. But Oklahoma went on the road and beat West Virginia. Do you realize what these UCF honks would be saying if UCF <laughs> went on the road and beat West Virginia? If UCF oh. at home blew the doors off of Michigan sixty two to thirty nine? Do you realize what people would be saying right now if it were UCF doing that? They'd have to put up another banner. Oh, my gosh. They would be losing their minds. Right. Yet they're just like, yeah, poo-poo it if somebody else does it. And it's Oh, we're undefeated. Who cares? You're undefeated against a bunch of hack teams. Big deal. Will. Not
4: enough said there. Now let's talk a little NFL if we can, because you mentioned this game. This is one of the better games today. The Seahawks at the Panthers. Seahawks five and five. Panthers six and four. And according to my logic here, I got Seattle with three. Seattle's getting three in this game.
5: According to your logic, yeah,
4: according to, according <laughs> like... to, my, logic, according to my, my 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 line for the week. Are we agreeing on that? Are we agreeing?
5: Yeah, we're right at let's three. Go. And so, uh, Carolina. You know, they got to show up here, Andy, a couple of weeks in a row where there's a stinker last week against oh. the Lions. And Man, uh, they screwed up a couple of parlays for me, Andy. I'm not happy about that. Yeah, yeah, but not happy Seattle's about that.
4: win... Stopped a two-game losing streak last week because they beat Green Bay 27-24. And since he entered the league, here's a little nugget. Since he entered the National Football League in 2012, Seattle's quarterback Russell Wilson has never lost three consecutive starts in the same season, so that stopped the streak last week. And they got the top-rushing attack in the league with Carson Davis and Penny. So I I think... That, honestly, Seattle has a shot, but since the game is in Carolina, I'm going with the Panthers today. I really am, because the Seahawks beat Arizona, Oakland, and Detroit on the road. This is a different animal here today. This is not Arizona, Oakland, and Detroit.
5: Yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of UCF in the Seattle Seahawks in terms of the teams that they've beaten haven't been the greatest. (laughs) So you have to take that into account. But I'll tell you, you mentioned it, Andy, the number one rushing attack in all of football. That's what Seattle has. And the Panthers, they're giving up 78 yards on the ground at home. They give up a buck 16 on the road. But at home, only 78 yards per game. The Panthers have given up. So it's strength versus strength. The running attack of Seattle versus the run defense of the Panthers. Be interesting to see who wins out there. And how about this for Cam Newton? It's been an interesting season for the guy. Because he's had at least two touchdown passes in nine games this year. There's only one game where he hasn't had multiple touchdown passes. And before in his season, that's only happened once in eight such games for the entire season. So already for Cam Newton has surpassed what he had previously done with multiple touchdown passes in single games. So he's having a good year. But the weird thing with him is, as well as he played last week against the Lions... Just missed an absolutely wide open receiver, Jarius Wright, for the two point conversion. Right. And that was a big, big miss in terms of their playoff, uh, you know, uh, standing and just trying to claw their way in.
4: Yeah, it was an ugly loss. You lose to the Lions, it's an ugly, ugly loss, and they lost by a point. 2019 that was bad but you know he is having a heck of a year 20 touchdowns six INTs and he's second in the team in rushing so you know you talk about a guy we compare him to not compare him but mentioned like you can't run in this league well Lamar Jackson's a different cat he really is Lamar Jackson is fast he's smaller he's faster but you know you talk about Cam Newton he's built like a tight end so right. he's a tough guy to bring down. I mean, and he could run, and he could hurt you when he runs. I and mean, you heard that cut that you play from the Dan Patrick but Lamar Jackson. He protects himself when he runs because he knows he's going to get hit. It's a different situation.
5: Well, yeah, Cam can take a lot more punishment than Lamar is going to be able to in the NFL. And I think that Cam, there are a lot of times where he's put himself in positions where Things could have gone wrong, and luckily they haven't. Remember when uh, against the Texans where he did the somersault into the end zone?
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, that yeah, was yeah. a
5: tremendous play, but I, I don't want to see him was do too it? many of those because it could end badly. Um, but, yeah, Lamar pay. Jackson, he's got to get down and slide because he, he's just – I'm not going to say he's half the size as Cam Newton, but he's significantly smaller than Cam. And that Cam Newton could mount bench up. press Lamar Jackson. Absolutely he could. That's – no doubt about it. <laughs> Absolutely. He could. And you like uh, Carolina to cover here, Andy? Minus the three? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There yeah. we go. Going Ryan to the o, East Coast. Andy, for- Those West Coast teams going East. That's not an easy deal.
4: Not easy. Watch the clock. Hey, you can get us on Twitter. We love to hear the tweets. Read the tweets. Retweet them at The No Show, N-O-E Show, at Andy Furman, FSR, or 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. Phones operators are standing by. Now we have bottom barrel betting at the end of this hour, hour number three. Alex Marvez, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider, followed by nose Picks, But the question of the day, will the new face make a difference? That's next. Without him, no chance. We'll explain that in just about a minute. 20 past the hour on a Sunday, and we call it Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. We're brought to you by Discover. Get your free, I said free, credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. All right, B, what's going on? I know you got some tweets. I know you do.
5: Got a couple of tweets. Yeah, we've got Big John 2, and he tweets in and says, makes a good point, says maybe the Lions could have more talent around Stafford if Stafford wasn't paid like he is. Rams and Chiefs getting quarterbacks on the cheap now, but they'll have to pay in a couple of years. There's some truth to that, but there's a counter to it also, Andy, where look at Big Ben. He gets paid a lot of money, right? Got Antonio Brown, arguably the best receiver in football. Got some good weapons around him. Look at Drew Brees. Michael Thomas is a very good wide receiver. And the Saints, they could be the team to beat in terms of the Super Bowl. And they've drafted very well. They've hit on a lot of young players like Alvin Kamara and Lattimore. That was the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. So it still can be done if you pay your quarterback a lot of money. Um, so I wouldn't look at it like the Lions' hands are tied because they pay Stafford all this money.
4: But I will take your breeze and Ben and up you and and give you a Joe Flacco because I think that the Joe Flacco situation really hurt the money they gave him hurt their situation. In Baltimore. I think it's similar. But, I think it's yeah. very
5: very similar. You still have, you've got a lot of money under the salary cap, and it all goes back to you need to draft well. We know that you can't right. have just plugging holes with high-priced free agents left and right. You've got to find young talent through the draft that you can build. And when you get them on the cheap, those first four or five years, that's a huge, huge bonus. So we always only look at that in terms of the quarterback and how big of a benefit that is. That's not where it ends. If you have a high-priced quarterback, you need to find those great, young, cheap talents out there and draft well, in some teams, look at Phillip Rivers and the Chargers. Keenan Allen is a baller. But you get Mike Williams through the draft who's starting to come around. Like You've got to find these young gems in the draft. Look at Juju Smith-Schuster. Look at Green Bay. Yeah. There are a yeah. lot of guys that are uh, that are producing over there in Green Bay. One more quick tweet here. Andy. Yes. Danny checks in. And Danny was the guy who was like, UCF should be number four. I said, no, their body of work stinks. So that's the backdrop. He tweets in with this interesting point. Let me ask you this. Is it about the four best teams or what can the networks make the money off of? Because what happened to Ohio State in the offseason, that will lose the network's money. It's an interesting thought. Um, I think it needs to be body of work. What have you done? who has the credentials, who brings the goods to the table. That's what it should be. And then it's sprinkled in with hey, hey, like what's best for ratings? If we're going to break a tie here, like that's that's the ugly truth of it. So I don't think like what's best for ratings. If that were the truth, you'd take a team that had two or three losses over a right. team that didn't draw bigger right. ratings. So to make it to be that primarily is not the case.
4: And I said something way back when, which may come to fruition right now. There are going to be some people on that committee who don't want to see Ohio State there because of what happened with their program. There are going to be people voting against Ohio State. And again, it brings out the transparency situation. We'll never find that out. But in the heart of hearts, they are going to be some that say that maybe Urban Meyer should have been fired. Maybe the team should have mm-hmm. been on probation, whatever it may be. There will be some hard feelings towards Urban Meyer, and they'll take it out on the kids in the program and vote against them. There's a possibility there. We said that early on.
5: Yeah, yeah. I uh, I still think it comes back to the body of work. And to you know as well as I do, Andy, that's going to be the narrative if it's Oklahoma over Ohio State. It comes oh, yeah. down to that. It's going to be, oh, the committee, they thought this about Urban Meyer and they didn't want Ohio State in there. That's going to be the talking point. But Oklahoma was over Ohio State all year long That's anyway. Right. That's right. And to act like Ohio State's resume is easily, no doubt about it, indisputably better than Oklahoma's body of work just isn't the case. So I don't right. want that narrative to take over as if that's the only reason that Ohio State's on the outside looking in.
4: Right. I'm with you right there, but another team might be on the outside looking in might be the Cincinnati Bengals today. The Bengals are five oh, and gosh. five. They're in a tailspin. <laughs> they started four and one. The Browns are in town in Cincinnati today. They're three, six and one. And right now, according to the latest line, the Browns are given one. The Browns are getting one in that game, correct?
5: Uh, let's see over. Yes, that's Browns right. Won. The Browns are one. one point underdog. So a lot of money pouring in on the Browns where, it's uh, amazing. You know, yeah, well, you're... I mean,
4: A.J. Green, now, yesterday was know, questionable. I... This morning, he's doubtful. Without yeah. him, they're not going to win. I mean, this team right now is like a mash unit. Tyler Eifert down. Tyler Croft down. A.J. Green out. they got to support like Tyler Boyd as their receiver right now. I don't think they could do it. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns win this game. They lead the league in turnovers. They they, yeah. they do on defense. So I think it could
5: happen. This is amazing to me, this stat. The Browns can earn back-to-back wins for the first time in 65 games. Think about that. Just back-to-back wins. (laughs) 65 games. (laughs) That's crazy, Andy. It really is. I I don't think that you can downplay it. I know the Browns are. But Hugh Jackson, their former head coach, now an assistant over there in Cincinnati, I think that matters somewhat in this game. Baker Mayfield was asked about it. If he thought that was going to be an advantage for the Bengals. And he said no. And the reporter was like, why? And Baker said, just no. (laughs) Which which tells you they don't think it's going to be that big of an advantage. I think it could make... A bit of a difference today. Well, he knows
4: the personnel. I think it's one of the reasons why Marvin Lewis got him back here like a day after he fired his defensive coordinator. But they're good buddies anyway. But I want to clarify the title that he's given because people are saying he's an assistant coach and he's not. He's a special assistant. And why do I make that clarification? If, in fact, he was an assistant coach on the Bengals staff, he'd be getting the $5 million owed him by the Cleveland Browns. Being hired as a special assistant, the Browns are still paying him the money he's earned, and the Bengals are getting him for dirt cheap. So the Bengals have pulled the wool over their eyes by using that title special assistant as opposed to an assistant coach.
5: Well, that's nice for his pocketbook, but in terms of our purposes, it's a wash because he's essentially an assistant head coach with a different title, so he still makes bank. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt, no doubt there. But I think that... He not only knows personnel, everybody knows personnel. He knows tendencies. He knows things about what their likes, their dislikes are. When you're talking about formulating a game plan, that's very important information. That can help out. I don't know that the Bengals are going to win with A.J. Green being out, but to downplay this, like Hugh Jackson being over there, ah, eh, who cares? He was incompetent as the head coach of the Browns. I think he's got a lot of information that can be incredibly helpful to Marvin Lewis and the Bengals today.
4: It didn't help him in Cleveland. I tell you what, as soon as he left, they started giving Chubb the football in the backfield, and he started running the ball. He never used Chubb
5: as much. Yeah, so, he I could mean, have a really I, good I, day today.
4: Yeah, Chubb could very well do that. By the way, Ian Rappaport uh, says that retired Arizona Cardinals coach Bruce Arians doubles down, telling Ian Rappaport that Arians would only Only consider coaching the Browns, no one else, if he returned to football, that he's serious and that his wife is fully on board. How's that? Well, I I love that. And I love Bruce Arians. I I think he's great for the game. I think he developed uh, Ben Roethlisberger in Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, that is, and he went to Indianapolis and did a good job there. He he really did a good job in Arizona. And and, uh, I'd like to see him get back into the National Football League.
5: Well, and hey, we know that the Browns have a lot of good talent to build around. I'm not a Baker Mayfield guy, but they've got players. I like Jarvis Landry a lot. Miles Garrett's good. Denzel Ward's had a pretty good rookie season. I think Christian Kirksey is one of the most underrated linebackers in football. So you've got some good young talent to work with. And hey, I've been wrong about things before. Maybe I end up being wrong about Baker Mayfield. I don't think I will be. But if he turns out to be a legitimate NFL starting QB, now you really got something to work with.
4: I would say this, though. If the Bengals lose today, they may not make the playoffs. Although, if they do lose today, they will probably have to win out on the remainder of their schedule to gotta kind of get a playoff berth. Uh, and it doesn't be look rough.
10: that yeah. be real rough. So yeah. We'll see
4: what happens. Well, we'll continue on that. But uh, big win today. Are you taking the Bengals today before we roll on?
5: I really don't want to make a pick either way. All right, I'll get off the fence. I am going to go with... I'm going to go yes. with the Bengals. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Bengals. I'm going to lay the point and go with the Cincy home team in this one. There I think Q uh, Jackson helps him out today. A little bit. A little bit. Well, he'll get a lot of credit if they do win. That I
4: know. If, if they lose, he'll get egg on his face because the media Lots. will say, oh, he was yeah. here. What did he do? Right? So Lots of you know, Nick it's... Chubb, though.
5: Lots of Nick Chubb.
4: Probably some uh, right Jarvis
5: there. Landry as well today. I'm
4: with you right there. He's Brian Noah. I'm Andy Furman. We call this Fox Football Sunday. And this... Might be the best way to end the losing streak. That's next, but first, to our guy, Mr. UCF himself, Ralph Irvin, for the latest. <laughs> Don't say
8: that. Do not say that. Do Those not are fighting not words right that. there,
4: Ralph. UCF.
8: Do not say that. <laughs> that's that, That's like saying the Browns will win on the road, and we all know that hasn't happened since October 11th of 2015. So, just, wow. keep, just keep that that's in a mind. long streak. Goodness. Three years plus, but... I digress because we're talking college football where number one Alabama advanced their way to the SEC title game. They are already qualified, but they rolled through Auburn 52-21. They'll take on number five Georgia next weekend. The Dogs, 45-21 winners over Georgia Tech. Number two Clemson advances to the ACC title game where they will take on Pitt. The Tigers were 56-35 winners over South Carolina Number 24, Pitt, not as good a day. They fell in Miami 24 to 3. Number 3, Southern Notre Dame, wrapped up their regular season with a 12 0 record. They rolled through Southern Cal, although the score. Not as big a blowout as some might have expected. 24-17, the final. The big blowout? Well, that was at the Horseshoe, where number 10, Ohio State, dominated, humiliated, and embarrassed Michigan, 62-39. The Buckeyes advance to the Big Ten title game, where they'll take on Northwestern. The number 19 Wildcats beat Illinois, 24-16. And... The most unusual game of the day saw number 22 Texas a winning in seven overtimes over number seven LSU, 74-72. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more com- confident car buying experience in the NBA. Kevin Durant, 44 points. Klay Thompson at 31. Golden State beat Sacramento, 117-116. Carl Anthony Towns, 35 points, 22 rebounds. Minnesota over Chicago, 111-96. And Colin Sexton scored 29 as Cleveland beat Houston, 117-108. And gentlemen, yes, we are five and a half hours away from kickoff on NFL Sunday, number 12. Seven games will start at 1 o'clock Eastern, including New England traveling to MetLife Stadium to take on Sam Darnold, his walking boot, and the walking dead that is the New York Jets.
4: Thank you, Ralph. See you in an hour. You're the man, Ralph Urban. Hey, by the way, we're brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you in about 10 minutes, or maybe even less than that. We'll have BBB, which is bottom barrel betting. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. and Of course, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easier to save 15% or more. On car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800 947 The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And we have our guy, Brian, our guy, Joey. Joey, Joey, from Kansas City with Brian Owen and Andy Furman. Hello, Joe. How are you?
9: Hey, guys. Good morning. Love the show. Thank the you. Another one. Hey, I got one question for you. My Sooners are in a tough situation here. Um, so what if we go out and beat Texas 45-42 cuz you know there's going to be no defense in the Big 12. <laughs> <Frank>. And o- <laughs> And Ohio State goes out and beats Northwestern who already has four losses. Yeah. And a week conference say so they go out and win 42-17. Yeah. And Sunday night we come back and say, "Hey, you know what? What are we going to do?"
5: Yeah. I you know, it's a great question by you and the committee might have the knee-jerk reaction and say, "Well, look at Ohio State. Last two weeks they've been really impressive. Oklahoma doesn't play defense. That might be enough to get Ohio State the bid that Oklahoma would be bypassed for."
4: I can't believe that because Oklahoma was ahead of Ohio State all year long, and last week UCF was ahead of Ohio State, so it would be it doesn't matter. We've uh, seen this to be before. An invested-
5: like- Go, I, go I call for an time. investigation. Go back call in for an time, though, Andy. Look at yeah. Ohio State leapfrogging Baylor and TCU years ago yeah. when yeah, they no. had a, a great championship game win against Wisconsin. 59 to nothing. That's a little bit more than 42-17. But it's been done before. Just because you happen to be ahead going into a weekend doesn't mean you're going to stay there in the rankings.
4: I would call for an investigation, well, but, I tell here, you what, but I'm rooting for Northwestern. Here's the deal,
9: guys. UCF doesn't have – I mean – they don't. They don't. They don't. They do not deserve to be in a championship anyway. Um, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, you got to play the big boys, and they don't play the big boys. So yeah. Um, and, I, and I totally agree with you, uh, Brian. They, they, they don't. Their resume has no effect on anything. So, but uh, I just want your opinion on that, and uh, hopefully the Sooners uh, they get in the final four. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, yeah. I I think that you know, and we appreciate the phone call. They've Go got Sooners! to you got to have style points in these championship games, you know, because that's a great question. If Oklahoma barely wins, we're talking by a field goal against Texas, even though Texas is a better opponent than Northwestern is. They're comparable. Right. If they if Oklahoma barely wins and Ohio State wins by a lot more, that could be a big, big deal. Style points going to mean a lot in terms right. of who gets that final playoff berth.
4: Because even if Oklahoma wins by a little bit, remember, Texas has already beaten them early on. So yeah. we'll see what happens next. So How about it, this, Andy?
5: Real, real fast, let me throw this scenario out at you. What if Georgia loses to Alabama barely? All right, it's a close, hard fought SEC title game. Right. And let's just say Oklahoma and Ohio State both lose. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, okay? Ooh. So it would come down to potentially a two-loss Georgia team against an undefeated UCF.
4: Oh, Georgia's still in. Georgia's, are you think are you the kidding? committee would
5: be like, all right, come on, it's Georgia. Let's no, go with them.
4: No, no, no. you got to go with Georgia. Are you kidding? Come on. Then no. uh, if I'm Georgia, I have to get an investigation going on there. I just think that UCF, <laughs> too many things have to happen, and really even if they do happen, I think there's got to be at least one person on that committee who's going to say, uh-uh, ain't happening. Look at their schedule. Look at their body of
5: work.
6: Well, you got to have someone.
5: Yeah, Andy, think about this. The committee does consider the ripple effect. So if you take UCF, it's not that they're just anti little guy and they're anti Cinderella story. It's they don't want to set a precedent where you could play South Carolina State, Florida Atlantic, and Pitt in your non conference, not have a a great regular season in your, your conference as well. And make it to the playoff. They don't want to send the message of play a bunch of dog teams non-conference wise, especially for the power five teams who play better conference competition. Why would they want to send that message and have a watered down regular season product? They Which don't is quite
4: that. the opposite in the NCAA basketball situation, because if you're playing a tough conference like the Big East or maybe the Big Ten, uh, prior to that, many teams will have a cupcake schedule to kind of pad their schedule and get close to 20 wins so they can go to the 60-14 field. That's what right. they do. So, if football, and that's why that this may create the scenario where they have to open it up from four maybe to six teams. That's going to happen eventually. They'll have to do that.
5: It, it will. Because yeah. playoff expansion, it's just a matter of when, not if. Right. That's how You're it goes. You're
4: exactly right. And speaking of expansion, I'll tell you right now, the New England Patriots, how do you like that for a segue? The New England Patriots <laughs> will expand their wins today from seven to eight. They're seven and three. They're at the Jets.
5: I thought you were going to say they're, the best basically, I can. they're playing the equivalent of an expansion football team. I thought they're playing that's UCF today. They're yeah. playing UCF. That's what yeah. they're doing. You know, well, I'm, I'll tell you what, with Sam Darnold out, the foot injury, you've get, you have got Josh McCown. So the combined age of Brady and McCown, you're in the 80s, right? <laughs> a lot of right. experience over over there on the field. but Let me just say this, Andy. When you look at the Patriots, they are 2-0 in the AFC East this year. They're probably going to be 3-0 after today, right? If you look at the Rams, the Rams are 4-0 in the NFC West. They have absolutely benefited from a weak division themselves. Seattle right. isn't a doormat, but that's a 5-5 five and five football team, and the rest of the division sucks out loud. The Niners and the Cardinals are terrible, and yet all I hear is, oh, the Patriots and the AFC East, they got layups galore. How about right. the Rams? How about the Rams? Huh? Right. Why but is it look, only the
4: Patriots that get mentioned? Let's face it. You could put the number of good teams on one hand. On one hand in the National Football League. The, the elite teams. There's about five. Rams, Kansas City, New England, Pittsburgh. Maybe throw in one more. Uh, right, you that's about it.
5: Bringing the Saints in there. Andy bring in the Saints, of course.
4: Yeah, Saints yeah. are on top of the list. And that's about it. There's five teams right there. The Jets are getting 10.5. 10.5 <laughs> <half> today, which, <laughs> and Gronk is supposed to come back. Brady's going to have a yep. heck of a day today. And Josh McCowan, I mean, I feel for your guy. I really do. But at least you get some playing time. Today, you'll be able to take a shower. Josh McCowan showers today. Because when you hold the clipboard, you don't really have to shower after a game. But today, cool. he'll shower. <laughs> Who was the right?
5: quarterback for the Bills? When the Bills beat him forty-one to ten, was that Barkley? Was it Matt Barkley yeah, who Barkley got started? Barkley was
4: cut by the Cincinnati Bengals. Matt Barkley, uh, yes.
5: Can you see a scenario where Matt Barkley does what Tom Brady couldn't against the Jets? I, I don't see that happening. No, no,
4: no, I, yeah, I don't. I, I, no. And look, the, the Patriots had a buy last week. They're coming off that that loss in Tennessee, and I think that there's some. Uh, some some taste in their mouth to yeah. their loss. I think they're gonna they're gonna give it to them pretty good. I mean, the Jets today put the white flag up early. I mean, if I'm the Jets, I call in sick. Call in sick today, really. And look at me. I'm gonna pop egg on my face. They'll probably lose. <laughs> lose I don't outright. think so. No, I, I think it's yeah. gonna be a big game. I think it's gonna be something like a 38 to 10 game, something like that.
5: I largely agree with you, Andy, because you're right. They got smacked around by 24 points against the Titans, and they had the Patriots had their bye week last week. So you got that bad taste in your mouth for an additional week. So I right. think that you uh, you smack around the Jets pretty good. It's been a close series. You know, been close games, some one possession games, a lot of them in their recent right. history. But I think the Patriots they win by double digits comfortably today. You're the man.
4: Brian No, Andy Furman. This is Fox Football Sunday. Probably the best football show on the airways on Fox Sports Radio during this time period. It really is. I will tell you that right now. Actually, it's the game that's sweeping the nation. We call it bottom barrel betting. And it's freaking next. Bottom barrel betting coming right up. About 11 minutes before the top of the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday. By the way, he's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. We got a game to play. What the hell are we waiting for? Let's do it.
6: You got that thing for me? It's bottom. bottom. Oh, no. You thought you was lame. Barrel. You put my f- money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your f- brain to sleep. Betting.
4: Bottom Barrel Betting brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. And the host of this award-winning game, the one, the only, Gavin Gensel. All
7: right, guys. or are Gavin the Goon uh, from last hour. Gavin the Goon. It's uh, the same guy. Uh, we have a beatdown this week, much in the vein of Urban Meyer. Brian went 3-0. Oh,
4: my God.
5: How does that happen? You know, that's what I like to hear, Gavin Kinzel. I expect I expect a more rousing introduction from you next week when I go three and zero
7: again. that was just like, Hey, right?
5: what do you know? Brian no one three well, there there's had, no build up. You had, you had, you had a no couple
7: anticipation. bounce back you know, you had you had a bounce back week. You'd been struggling lately, so now you're back on the on the snide, as they say. We'll Listen, see if you can keep I it up next week. What did Listen I do to you? Yeah, not, not much. You went one and two, Andy. So. <laughs> Move it right Do you along.
4: have to laugh? I mean, do you have to rub it in and laugh I, It was just things? the way he
5: said it. It
7: was the way he said Not much. He yeah, didn't do much at all. all right. for me. On to Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, guys, I got some stats for you. In his four-game winning streak, Andrew Luck has had four of the ten highest passer ratings of his career. Those are between the numbers 123 to 143. So right. when he yeah. faces the Dolphins later today, what yeah. will his passer rating be? They, we'll do this like Price is right. The closest oh. to the number without going over wow. will win this one. So we're doing it for luck. His passer Andrew rating Andrew Luck today?
5: passer rating today against the Finns. Wow. Closest without going over. That's right. Okay, wow. I'll go first since I was all powerful. I know. I know you won last week. You know, all right, um, I'm going to say Andrew Luck today against the Finns. His passer rating will be a buck one, one
7: hundred one.
4: Okay,
7: Andy, I'm going to go uh, one hundred eight point four. Mm. Supposed to say one hundred
4: one point four. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm going going All FM one hundred right. one hundred eight point four.
7: Let's okay. go on to New England. Tom, there's Brady. no point even number though, right, Andy? I
5: For think there is. radio is station, I don't know.
4: Maybe I don't think so. One hundred eight point three. Yeah. We'll okay. I don't
7: think the NFL out. goes past 106. That's true. 107. Yeah. Well, this show doesn't go past 454 Pacific, so let's uh, let's wrap this up. <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady, guys, he needs four passing touchdowns today to pass Peyton Manning for most ever. He also needs 147 passing yards to pass Peyton Manning for the most passing yards ever. So we got an A, B, C, or D here. Guys, Will he, when the Patriots face the lowly Jets wow. later today, will P- Tom Brady break... Both of Manning's records, or just the passing touchdowns records, just the passing yardage record, or neither. Interesting. Uh, again, so 147 passing yards to beat the yardage record, or four passing touchdowns yep. to beat Manning. Yep.
5: Okay, who goes?
7: We'll start go, with you, Andy. Andy. Don't, try to, okay.
5: don't try to follow my lead for a
7: second. No, straight I'm not. Question. Believe me, I'm not. I, I say A, he does both today.
5: That's not A. That's, uh, I thought that was, that was, that was a, A. I'm going to go, I believe with, I'm not sure about the lettering. I believe C
7: is C just the yardage. Yeah. There's just the yardage. I'm going C just the yardage. And you're going down down too. And you're going down one more here, guys. The Eagles secondary is depleted. This is an interesting uh, tidbit. I saw today. They are so depleted. They are missing their uh, top five cornerbacks. They were using wide Uh, receivers as DBs in practice (laughs) this week, including Uh. Terrell Pryor. So. Uh, oh, let's play get, Let's play. guess OBJ's receiving yards when the Giants play the Eagles later today. Again, Ooh. closest to the number without going over. Wow. Price is right again. I think it's wrong for me to go t- uh, two
5: times in a row. First out of the gate here. I Andy. went
4: first okay. last time,
5: but I'll go first again. Okay. okay. Just with the Price today, is Right questions, right? Okay.
4: No. OBJ's yeah. receiving yards today,
5: 89. Wow. Pretty low. Uh yeah, I'm definitely going over. I'll make it interesting, Andy, because I'm not gonna go 90. Oh. I'm not that kind of guy, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go. I'll keep it simple. 101.
7: 101 my answer for
5: Andrew Luck's passer rating. Uh-huh. My same as Ode- Odell Beckham Jr.'s rece- okay. receiving yardage.
1: Okay,
4: all I right like then.
5: that. Easy to remember. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when you win, you get real
4: cocky. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. You get real cocky. And I'll be honest with you, I don't like it.
7: I don't like it.
5: I, I mean, really I, don't. I don't know. I, I can't do it It affords about me it. certain luxuries. I think we should play the Ric Flair intran- entrance music at the end. Now, when does it, Andy it, it get music?
7: When does Andy yeah, yeah. get 3 0 music? When he gets
5: yeah, the 3 what? What? Oh. let me go. No, that'll You're never make happen. sick. You know what? Stick a fork
4: in him. We'll tell you why on Fox Football Sunday. Next! It's all about luck! We'll tell you why in just about a minute. But right now, it's time to say good morning, America. Yes, it is that time. It's Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. And we're both coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Now, The man of the hour. Never takes time off. Works every day of the week. Why? Because he is the hardest working man in radio today. My partner and friend, the one, the only Brian No. What's up, Andy it's Furman? How you doing, how man? I'm, you know what's amazing? This show goes as fast as the 12 weeks have gone in the National Football League. It's yeah. amazing. We're rolling.
5: We are rolling. That's a good sign when the show goes fast. And it's a good sign for the NFL that the season goes fast. Can you Have you ever said about an NFL season, man, it's only week five. It feels like it's week thirteen. Have you ever said that? Never. And I tell you what, the greatest thing
4: is: there's no, there's no distraction when you think about it. no TV, no, no talk about TV ratings, no talk about the anthem, no talking about kneeling. I, I love it. It's football. And yeah, there's some talk about officiating and things like and quarterbacks getting hit and you know maybe they're being protected too much. So what? They should be. They're the game. They are the game. But you know what? Other than that, it's all football related. There's no off the field controversy. Yeah, there's some arrests, but that's going to
5: happen. Maybe they'll clean that up. But more often than not, it's just about football and I love it. Well, I mean, look, um, there's a lot of progress that needs to be made in this country in terms of how people are treated, especially African-Americans. So I don't want to make it seem like, hey, that's to the side now. We're all about football and who cares? That's certainly not the case. But building off of your point, Andy, for anybody who was like, oh, look at the ratings, they're declining in the NFL, it's not the hottest thing. To act like it was going to cripple the NFL and there was no coming back from any type of controversy, that was so overblown, so incredibly overblown, was never going to be the case. You know, you know
4: why they're talking football and no controversy. And I'll tell you, and I hate to throw a wrench into this, because the president's not tweeting about it.
5: That's why. Well, that yeah, he's makes, not uh, calling
4: players S.O.B.s. That's the that's the reason why. Thank goodness. Right. Thank goodness.
5: Well, he man, he uh, <laughs> he got a lot of publicity out of that, which is what he wants. That, that's one of the main uh, motivational uh, uh, tactics, you know. Um, but yeah, you're right. What he was, what President Trump was doing by tweeting a, up a storm about the protests, that put the NFL in such a tough position, man, because there was so much focus on that. But not the situation we're in right now.
4: Right, and you know who's in a tough position right now? Your Philadelphia Eagles. And when I say you are, because you are the man. Coast to coast, nowhere on God's green earth was anyone who had the hangy downs to say they would make the playoffs. Obviously, look, there's some injury factors right there, but the injuries came on later. You hit it on early on that they would make the playoffs and ought to believe that they're hosting the Giants today. And should the Giants win this game, both of these teams will be 4-7. and seven. Think yeah, about
5: that. I wow. Know I know it. You are the Eagles. They are one win better than the New York Giants. Like, that's... That is crazy, Andy. But that's the position that they find themselves in. And we hear it from the Eagles. We hear it from Doug Peterson. Oh, we're going to get this thing turned around. Carson yeah. Wentz is like, oh, we got a lot of talent. Like, we haven't put it together, but we're going to. And When you have a decimated secondary, how bad it is for the Eagles. But their top five cornerbacks, their top five secondary guys are out. Like, that's that is brutal. And you still have Malcolm Jenkins, and he's obviously one of their best secondary guys. But we have all those cornerbacks out, and you're going up against the Giants. When you have both Odell Beckham Jr. and Sterling Shepard, that is not going to be easy for some of these dudes that haven't even started a game that will right. be out there today. You better hope getting, yet, yeah. that the Eagles, their pass rush, they got to crank it up today, or they Giants are not going to slow them down.
4: Giants are getting five, and you know what? I like the Giants, and look, last week the Giants won consecutive games for the first time, get this, since December 2016 when they beat the Bucks 38-35. I think they can make a three in a row today. I think they can beat these Eagles. Eagles got pounded by the Saints last week, 48-7. It was embarrassing, and Saquon Barkley – Three touchdowns last week, ran for a buck forty-two, and the G-Men with Eli Manning, he passed for two touchdowns. Eagles need a running game, they need a secondary, and I think the Giants can exploit them, and I'm taking the G-Men today.
5: Yeah, G-Men have a great chance today. It's all about the pass rush. Philly, they can get after the passer, 26 sacks this year, and the Giants have allowed an NFL high 36 sacks, which is not a good combination. So I think you're going to see a lot of quick stuff from the Giants passing attack. Not a lot of slow, developing, deeper routes, you know? I think it's going to be a lot of quick stuff. A lot of slants, a lot of quick hitters. And just let Odell Beckham Jr., let Sterling Shepard, let them be running backs after the catch. Let them go after these cornerbacks that are inexperienced and see what they can do. A lot of yak today. A lot of yak possibilities for the catch. Giants offensively. You ought to have to catch, yes. That's right, yak. yeah. I love yak. Yak. Gotta I love, love the yak. yak. Oh yeah, I love, love yak. the yak.
4: I want to talk about your team, your favorite team, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, they're five and five, playoff opportunity on the horizon, but they're also playing a team that's five and five in the Indianapolis Colts in Indy today. And I'm looking at the line, and I'm telling you right now, Dolphins are getting eight, and I take that eight. I would take the eight.
5: Really? Okay. Yeah. You're going with the Finns plus the eight. Yeah. Yes. Um, because Ryan hey. Tannehill is back. Yeah. Well. I- I mean, you might be right about that at the end of the day. Maybe the Finns keep it within that. That's those seven points, but the the Colts, they have really cranked up their offense. They are really, really looking good. And Andrew luck with protection around him with offensive linemen actually blocking. And he's only been sacked once over the last handful of weeks. That is a, a remarkable improvement from where they were. And he's having a fantastic season. This is a big-time season for Andrew Luck. He's among the league leaders. He's got 29 touchdown passes and nine picks. Right. That's a heck of a year for him.
4: And no one's talking about it. Think about that. I mean, he's maybe the most underrated player of the year. I mean, he got to be the comeback player of the year. He's got to get that award. I mean, that, that's the award he's getting. But he could definitely lead this team into the playoffs. And you talk about a team that really and truly could show you how valuable the position of quarterback is when you have a quarterback. He is basically taking his team on its back. That's what he has done.
5: Yeah, in the Dolphins' defense, they're not exactly killing it this year. 29th in sacks, 30th against the rush. So when you've got, let's say, the Colts have success running and passing, that makes Andrew Luck that much more lethal. When you have a balanced attack, now you're really in a world of hurt. So we'll see if Air Tannehill and the Finns can try to match points with the Colts because this should be a higher-scoring game today.
4: And if you have Marlon Mack in fantasy football today, you might have a big day. You might have a big day today. The running might. back for the Colts.
5: Yeah, you. if you have a handful of Colts players, you might have a big day. <laughs>
4: right. And this is a huge game for both these ball clubs as far as the playoffs are concerned. Let's talk about your Dolphins right now. Uh, look, they got a decent schedule down the stretch. They got games against the Bills. They got a home game against the Jags, so maybe 9-7 and seven could be enough for your Dolphins to get a wild-card spot, but they got 10 players on injured reserve, so yeah. that's, a, that's a major factor right there. But you know what? Injuries aren't an excuse in the NFL. Well, we, we use them as excuses, but it's part of the
5: game. It's part yeah, of the game. I just, I just don't think the Dolphins are good enough to sneak in there. I know there's a lot of teams in the mix trying to get those wild-card spots, but you got to string together a bunch of wins. And maybe they beat the Bills, who they have home and away, down the stretch. But when you've got the Patriots, you're at the Vikings, at the Colts today, that's going to be rough. I think best case, you're probably going to see an 8-8 eight and eight Dolphins team. That's probably best case.
4: You know, the Colts right now, there's a team that started 1-5. And let's take a look at their schedule down the stretch. The Dolphins today, at the Jags, that should be a win. Texans would be a toughie, at the Texans. Cowboys, another... Tough game. Giants, they could beat the Giants. That's a home game and they're at the Titans. It's gonna be tough, but I think if you were to ask me which team has a better chance making the playoffs, the Dolphins or the Colts, as of right now, I'll take the Colts.
5: Yeah, I would take the Colts too. I think they're a better football team. Got a home game today against the team you're comparing them to, you know. So I expect the Colts to be six and five and the Dolphins to be five and six. And a couple of road games after this one. So important game today for the Colts. Try to get to a five game winning streak. Then you're at the Jags, at the Texans. So, of course, the division, Week 17 at the Titans. The division's going to be the big deal for the Colts if they get into the playoffs or not. But starts today against the Finns.
4: I will make a statement today that you may laugh at, and that's okay if you want to, because I look at the importance of a quarterback in the National Football League. There is not one team on the remaining schedule of the Indianapolis Colts that has a better quarterback that can outperform Andrew Luck. Period. End of story.
5: Including the Cowboys and the Giants. So there's no quarterback remaining on the schedule that can outperform luck? Nobody? On, this, on the on the cult schedule. Yeah, I, I disagree with that. I think Deshaun Watson is capable. I think that uh... Dak Prescott is capable. I think you call me crazy, but I think that Eli Manning is capable. Capable, He's had a, you know a what? bad season, but just one game? You're saying one game against the Colts defense. Is he capable of having okay, a better day? Let me rephrase than-
4: this in, in another manner, shape, and form. If you were a general manager drafting and you had Andrew Luck and the other quarterbacks to field, who right. do you take? On their schedule yeah. or just in terms of the NFL as a whole? No, no, on, on the remaining Colts schedule. The remaining schedule? Two- oh, two- I
5: absolutely take Andrew Luck.
4: Okay, period. That's good. So yeah. maybe that's what I meant.
5: Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough.
4: All right. Thank you very much. Other than that, I mean, you like Tannehill coming back, but you know, I look at the schedule right now, and and the Dolphins, they just can't seem to get over the hump. they with Brock Osweiler, B.O., they were two and three, not that much better with Tannehill, three and two. But I think Tannehill gives them a better chance to win.
5: Oh, absolutely. He he definitely gives them a better chance to win. And yeah, people love to talk trash about Air Tannehill, but. He's not as bad as the conversation would lead you to believe. I'm not saying he walks on quarterback water. I'm just saying he's better than the common perception. That doesn't mean that you keep going in this direction. You give him a huge contract and full steam ahead with Air Tannehill. I'm not saying that at all. I think it's time to look for a new quarterback that could be a true difference maker for the Dolphins, but he's just not as bad as people make him out to be.
4: Okay, my question to you, Tannehill on your roster or Matthew Stafford? Which one?
5: I I would go with Stafford myself, but there's not a huge difference between the two guys.
4: No. Right, just wanted to hear. By the way, we move on. We got tweets, we got calls, and how do you do that? At the No Show, NOE Show, at Andy Furman FSR. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox is our phone number, and that translates to 877-996-6369. The lineup Bottom of the hour, that would be eight thirty on the East Coast. That's Alex Marvez. We call him the Sheik. Is Fox Sports Radio's NFL insider follow that with nose picks. But seven isn't a lucky number for him. We'll explain that next. Who threw that punch? We'll get to that in just about a minute. Nineteen past the hour. Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman, of course. Bottom of the hour, eight thirty Eastern Alex Marvez will join you. And after that, we'll have Nose Picks in our last segment but right now I got to go to my guy Brian no because there's something that's been bugging me and I know you probably have the answer can I can I lean on you a little bit for this yeah what do you what do you need okay we got that LSU Texas A&M game and everybody was talking about the seven overtimes and Texas A&M wins like a basketball score 74-72 but after that game uh there was someone threw a punch at someone who was appearing to have either been working for Texas A&M or affiliated with the team and no one's really talking about it. It looked like the LSU director of player development, Kevin Falk, and a former uh, LSU Tiger and NFL running back was fighting with someone wearing right. an on-field credential. Right. Do, you, do you know anything more about this story? Because I'm trying to look it up and I can't find anything else Well, on it.
5: the story is this this guy was credentialed and uh, through Texas A&M and Somehow he got into an altercation with Kevin Falk, who's with LSU. And, uh, you know, like you said, former LSU Tiger, director of player development over there. And the story right now is, according to uh, an LSU spokesman, he said that he watched this guy, this mystery Texas A&M cloak of night guy, right? (laughs) We don't know this dude he punched an LSU special assistant, uh, Steve Cragthorpe, in the chest. And apparently he's an offensive coordinator from the past of LSU, and he's got a pacemaker and has Parkinson's disease. Whoa. And so if that's the case, well, then that's an important piece of information when it comes to the photograph that you see of Kevin Falk trying to punch this guy's lights out, right? Right. So if that's the case, let's walk down this road. If you're Kevin Falk, and let's just say this is true. You see this random dude go up to Steve Cragthorpe, who's got a pacemaker and Parkinson's disease, and this random dude just hauls off and punches him in the chest. Whoa. What would you do about it?
4: Well, you got to defend the guy. He's your guy, he's on your turf, but he's your teammate in a sense, right? He's on your team, same school, you, you defend him and you help him because he's obviously helpless. But the question even goes even deeper because A, who is the guy? And B, how did he get a credential and why did he get a credential? Now credentials are given out to various people, VIPs, media, the band, you know, uh friends. Right? You know, who knows? Maybe someone from the PR office, the SID office, sports information office, sold the credential to this guy. You don't know what's going on. Well, this could I be mean, a bigger and deeper situation. Yeah,
5: who knows? But the thing with Kevin Falk is it's easier said than done to maintain your cool and just, like, grab the guy without punching him. You know what I mean? Right. So it's a tough thing to do, but when you haul off and try to smack this dude, he's Kevin Falk. This is why I find interesting we know kevin falk former nfl player former lsu tiger he's the one who's known the other dude isn't so that's the situation is you know in a in a uh like in a circumstance like that with all these cameras around with all cell phones it could end up where there's a photograph where there's a video where there right. are repercussions all of these things that it's not like lsu is going to cut bait with kevin falk but this is something that If he's trying to get a job later down the road in a college football capacity, these are questions that he might have to answer at some point. So it's easier said than done to maintain your cool. But if you don't, being a known person, you're going to be the one why this becomes a story, and the other dude is still an unknown? Well, I'll I'll, I'll make it down, I'll bring it. Break it down to reality. Say
4: you and I are on the sidelines. You Absolutely. and I are both working for you know, ABC University, right. and I'm on the sidelines. I see a guy come running over, like in a rage, foaming from the mouth, and he punches you in the chest. That's right. I'm going to go take this guy and grab him by the neck and step <laughs> that's exactly on him. exactly
5: right. Really, yeah. it's the
4: same thing. But I, you know what? People will know who I am, maybe. I, I don't know, just giving a scenario here. And I get my, my rear end in trouble because they know me in the name and I'm, I'm sorted out. And they don't know who this lunatic is who happened to be there with a credential.
5: And who is he and why is he there? Uh, it's a tough deal. But here's the thing. What if the same scenario plays out and it's Ed Orgeron there? Instead of Kevin Falk. If Ed Orgeron hauls off and just clocks this guy, are you going to sit there and say, well, you know, he had it coming? Well, then or the school are you going to say, him, well, you're sure. the head coach of the university. You can't be going and hauling off and punching people. Which is it? Which do you Tell say? Woody Hayes.
4: Tell Woody Hayes that.
5: I, I know, but what do you say?
4: Well, I think this the guy suspend. You got to suspend your coach. What are you going to do?
5: Okay, but I mean, like if it's Ed Orgeron and it's a head coach, if it's Jimbo Fisher and he's punching some rabid fan who hauls off and punches a dude with the pacemaker and has Parkinson's disease, you can't do it. You can't yeah, do it's it. It's easier said than done to not do it, but you can't do it. And right. I look, I could be the first person who's saying you can't do it. And do it.
2: Restraint (laughs) is tough. Restraint
4: restraint is very tough, but you can't do it. You just can't. You You gotta bite the upper lip and can't do it. It's rough.
5: But one other nugget to this, this mystery cloak of night phantom puncher, (laughs) the Texas A&M credentialed employee or whatever he is, I don't even know. He ran up to Jimbo Fisher after the game. Jimbo Fisher's heading into the tunnel, walking off the field, and the guy clearly tells him about... This story with Kevin Falk. He even like, mimics a punch. I don't know exactly what he was saying, if he was admitting fault, or he was saying, Kevin Falk punched me like a punk that he is. I don't know. But Jimbo Fisher, he was asked about this in a post-game press conference.
11: Here's how that back and forth went down. Jimbo, there was a lot of things going on after the game, obviously, uh, but I need to ask, were you aware of an altercation between one of your assistants and one of the LSU assistants? No, I didn't. I had no idea.
5: <laughs> so he clearly oh, wow. denies it. When wow. there's a video of this guy going up to him and clearly telling him all about the situation. It's amazing how many Sounds coaches like just lie through their teeth. Man. He's
4: a liar. Uh, Sound like Bill Clinton. There you go. Yeah.
6: <laughs> He's a liar. Yeah. He's a liar.
4: Yes. Yes, he is. It's unbelievable. You know why you mentioned that he can't do it, that you can't do it, that you can't hold off. Another, another team that can't do it is the Green Bay Packers. They can't win on the road. They can't do it. And this is a big game. Packers-Vikings tonight. Packers 4-5-1 at the Vikes, 5-4-1. They just can't do it. Last week, the Packers lost 27-24 at Seattle. The Vikings lost 25-20 at Chicago. A big game. Big game today. Real big. Green Bay's getting three and a half.
5: I think it's the game of the day. I agree. And we're waiting for Kirk Cousins to show up in a big moment. And this should be it. But Willie is the question. Because he's making $84 million in guaranteed money. And he wet himself against the Bears in the last big game. With a pick six to Eddie Jackson. Just like Matthew Stafford wet himself on Thanksgiving. With a pick six to Eddie Jackson. (laughs) That's a recurring theme over there. But this is a game at home against the Packers team. That is banged up at some key positions. Even in the secondary. This is where Kirk Cousins... With some good wide receivers, his offensive line isn't the greatest, but it's good enough against this Packers defense to allow him to have enough time to do what he can do. It's just a matter of doing it. And I like what you saw from the Vikings defense against the Bears. They should have it cranked up at home against Aaron Rodgers tonight. It's just a matter to me of can that Vikings offense perform and can Kirk Cousins avoid the big mistake and the big turnover? This is the biggest game
4: of the day, and uh, if you want to look what history has shown us in these series, in the last six meetings between the Vikings and the Packers, Vikings are 4-1-1 and against the Pack, but more importantly at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, they're 2-0. But I will say this, should the Vikings win, and I think the Vikings will win tonight by at least a touchdown, Mike McCarthy has a second foot in the grave. He'll be oh, gone. Oh, man,
5: yeah. You need a huge turnaround to save his job. I'm talking make the playoffs and win a playoff game or two. I think he is done. And you look at not just tonight for the Packers, a little bit later in the season. If you're thinking about Mike McCarthy's job status, okay, this is the rest of the slate for the Packers. Got the Cardinals, should be okay. Falcons at home, might be all right there. At the Bears, at the Jets, you finish with the Lions. So you've got some favorable matchups down the stretch. And if you can win a game tonight and get to 500 against the Vikings, you've at least got some playoff life. I just don't know that they're going to be able to do it tonight, Andy.
4: And I think you're going to see during the game the frustration boiling over between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy because I hear through the rumblings and what I'm reading that Aaron Rodgers is not too happy with the play calling of the Green Bay Packers.
5: Yeah. Um, And... As far as the road, you laid it out. They've been bad on the road, haven't won yet, and so to head in and get it done against the Vikings, it's certainly within the realm of possibility, but I think it's more likely than not the Packers leave with a 4-6-1 and one record. 4-6-1 wow. and one, and Mike McCarthy looking at uh, maintaining his gig, I don't think that's going to be the case, Andy. I'm with you. Here's
4: a little nugget. Aaron Rodgers has lost seven. Count them, seven consecutive regular season starts on the road for the first time in his 14-year career. Amazing stat, it really is. And the more amazing is that the Green Bay Packers, should they lose today, and I think they will lose, they'll have a very similar record to the Giants and or the Eagles,
5: Yeah, which is amazing. Right? That's yeah, amazing, it really is. That's, that's the way cool the NFL line. is, man. These things it that really you, is. oh, no way, the 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 eagles have a rough season they're the defending champions look at all the injuries they had last year yeah they're four and six <laughs> there you go. brian no
4: andy Furman. it looks like america's team has found their spark and the Chic, alex marvez tells you all about it next but first our Chic, ralph urban with the latest
8: well thank you very much gentlemen and of course there is breaking news in the late night hours saturday and into the overnight 49ers linebacker ruben foster arrested in Tampa at the team hotel that on charges of domestic violence battery allegedly had an incident with a woman he's had an on-again, off-again relationship with, and he is still being held without bail in jail there in Tampa, Florida. The odds of him playing against uh, the Bucks pretty minimal. Meanwhile, on the college <laughs> football scoreboard from Saturday, they went septuple overtime in College Station. That's seven overtimes, and number twenty-two Texas A&M beat number seven LSU seventy-four to seventy-two. LSU falls from that CFP discussion, as likely does number four Michigan. They got lambasted by number ten Ohio State, good work. sixty-two to thirty-nine. An ugly game for the Wolverines, to be sure. Number three, Notre Dame finishes their regular season at 12-0. They survive at Southern Cal, 24-17. to Easy wins for number one, Alabama over Auburn. Number two, Clemson over South Carolina. And number five, Georgia over at Georgia Tech. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident, car buying experience on the nba hardwood Giannis with 34 points 18 rebounds milwaukee 135 129 winner over san antonio carl anthony towns 35 points 22 rebounds minnesota beats the bulls 111 96 and when you've got kevin durant scoring 44 and clay thompson scoring 31 you should win golden state did 117 116 over sacramento But, of course, it's time to talk more NFL, so I hand it back to you guys.
4: Alex Marvez coming right up but Ralph Irvin thank you so very much for all you do you're the best in the business we're lucky to have you and we're so happy you're back with us have a wonderful day but it's Brian No it's Andy Furman we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO the only hard part figuring out which way is easier nose picks in about 10 minutes but right now we're going to the Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline the one the only the chic we call him Alex Marvez Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider with Brian Noah and Andy Furman. Hello, Sheik. How are you?
11: I'm doing better than Reuben Foster, gentlemen. I will tell you that. Mm. Not a good morning for the San Francisco 49ers linebacker, obviously.
4: You know, Sheik, I was shocked to hear that news. But if found guilty, I would love to see the commissioner, Roger Goodell, have a pair of hanging downs and ban him from the league.
11: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the, the whole thing is, though, you have rules of the collective bargaining agreement. And, of course, you know, look, will any team even touch Reuben Foster? But here's the part about this, and we're still trying to get details exactly as to what happened. Do you remember there was a woman who filed false allegations against Reuben mm-hmm. Foster earlier this year that led to all of this? This yep. may be the exact same woman who has filed the domestic violence complaint
10: wow. against
11: Reuben Foster. Yeah, and listen, you know, you know love is blind, right? And sometimes people do things and he's been on and off again in a relationship with her for a number of years and you know, if this is indeed the case and things, you know, happened once again, you know, look, I'm not trying to give Reuben Foster the benefit of the doubt. I mean, how long can you continue to do this as an organization? They may just move on, even if he is ultimately exonerated because of a lack of, you know, just just running out of patience when it comes to Reuben Foster. But But before we throw him completely under the bus let's let this one play out a little bit here and you know, see how all this unfolds with him. Of course, the 49ers not going to put him on the field anytime soon. They put themselves in a the corner as well last April, saying that any sort of sniff of domestic violence is going to get Reuben Foster cut. Well, we'll see if they make an exemption to that sort of uh, statement that Kyle Shanahan made in April. Or, you know, again, if they just part ways with a first-round pick, obviously costly for them in a lot of ways, their reputation, and also the the fact that that Reuben Foster was drafted to help the team. He was a very good linebacker at Alabama. doesn't help, though, if you can't get on the field.
5: How about the Seahawks-Panthers game, Alex? If you look at the two quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and Cam Newton, who has had the better career individually, and does it differ from who's the better quarterback this season?
11: I think Russell Wilson is the better quarterback because he is a better passer at this point in his NFL career. Now, Norb Turner, if he continues to work with Cam Newton and, and Norv's son Scott as the quarterback's coach... Maybe, just maybe in time, Cam will continue to increase his completion percentage. I think they're both equally adept as far as running the football, although Cam has, has taken it up more to tuck and run. I mean, Russell's just more of a traditional quarterback with, with mobility. I mean, Steve Young-like in that way. So, I, you know, I think, too, the Panthers, you know, this is interesting because the Panthers are just a different team on the road. And I know there's an art to winning road games, just as the Green Bay Packers. They're still trying to figure it out. They're 0-5 headed to Minnesota tonight. But they just Carolina just doesn't play as well on the road as they do at home. And as for Seattle, well, that win over Green Bay puts them in a decent position to make the postseason. But you look at the remaining schedule, they got to steal a game against at Carolina, home against Minnesota, or home against Kansas City. They got San Francisco twice and Arizona once. Those are the remain. Those are the six games remaining for the Seattle Seahawks. So my feeling is they can sweep the 49ers and they can beat Arizona. That leaves them with having to win one to get to nine and seven. This would obviously be a great day to do this because the Panthers clearly not clicking on all cylinders. Devin Funches looks like he won't play their leading receiver. He's got a back injury. But Torrey Smith should be back to compliment. D.J. Moore, who broke out against the Detroit Lions, for rookie record for the franchise, 157 yards receiving last week against Detroit.
4: Alex Morvez, the Dallas Cowboys seem to be back, and wide receiver Amari Cooper looks like the difference maker.
11: Yeah, and, you know, uh, by the way, you know, I'm, I'm glad that Brian No asked me how I wanted to eat my crow, you know, before he cooked it. You know what I mean? So it was a little bit, you know, I wanted a medium. You know what I mean? I do my steak medium rare, but I'll do the crow medium. <laughs> Slightly charred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like I was, you know, with my Eagles pick. And, uh, by the way, Brian, I know as soon as you're done working with Andy, you are flying. To the link to start at cornerback for the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles because they are that desperate for Uh, helping that secondary. The top four cornerbacks on the roster for the Philadelphia Eagles are all going to be out today. The three guys that they got back there, they're all guys, by the way, who weren't on the 53 man roster when the season began. So that's just one of many problems in Dallas. But the Amari Cooper trade, it's funny because so many folks were so critical of it when the Cowboys made the deal. Why is sending a first round pick for this guy? And there were reasons. You know, and people in the Raiders organization now, are really sort of shaking their head a little bit. They're like, "Wait a second! This is the Amari Cooper that we are not. We weren't getting on a consistent basis during his time in Oakland. He's a quiet guy. He's a reserve guy, and he had a tendency." to disappear in the Raiders' offense. It was one of the reasons that John Gruden just didn't think that he'd be a productive part of this team for years to come and was worth the big-money contract extension coming his way. What he has done is opened up the entire Dallas Cowboys offense. No longer can teams just say, we can one-on-one cover these receivers. There are no difference makers there. And load up the box against Zeke Elliott and make Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott beat you instead now. Dak is making throws. He's been very judicious with the football, and kudos to him for really limiting the interceptions. He's, he's been very smart with that. Zeke Elliott has been on fire. He's averaging 6.1 yards per touch during this three-game winning streak, and Amari Cooper has opened up opportunities for both of those guys. Oh, and Leighton Esch in the defense. Let's yeah. talk about that, too, real quick. He's been fantastic, by the way. Just uh. added some real juice there. Yeah, speed, size, big plays. I mean, he has been fantastic replacing Sean Lee.
5: And the old-school neck brace. You know, got to love that added bonus. Yeah, Absolutely. Like the textbook next neck brace. (laughs) Love it. Packers at the Vikings. I'm not going to insult your football intelligence and ask you who the better quarterback is, because we all know the answer to that. But which quarterback, based on the defenses they're going up against, do you expect more from tonight?
11: You've got to expect more from Aaron Rodgers, and, and here's why. He has traditionally played well against the Minnesota Vikings. In fact, no quarterback in Vikings history has played better against them than Kurt Warner. I just want to put that out there. Aaron Rodgers against the Vikings in his career has completed 68.4% of his passes, 41 touchdowns, just six interceptions, and a passer rating of 110.4. And he's going to need that. Interesting stat from ESPN, by the way. You look at Aaron Rodgers on paper, right? Let's just say that you were on Mars and you just flew back and you're checking out your stats, right? 19 touchdowns, one interception. That's great, right? But he's got a losing record. No quarterback per ESPN in the, in the during the Super Bowl era through the first 10 games of a season has posted better numbers with fewer interceptions and still had a losing record. What does that tell you? By the way, someone remind Mike McCarthy that Aaron Jones is on this team. The guy, the guy is averaging 6.4 yards a carry. He scored five touchdowns since he came back from a two-game suspension. But the Packers haven't given him more than 15 carries in a single game. They are third in the NFL Pass run ratio at 66.5%. That's how often Green Bay's passing the football. The problem for the Vikings, they're passing the football even more at 67.3%. They're just putting too much on Kirk Cousins' plate. He's just not as good a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers. He's a complimentary quarterback, and I think the Vikings understood that going in. they got to get a big game from Dalvin Cook. And one more thing I'd like to point out here about teams that are passing the football more than running it. I know we talk a lot about the explosion of the Chiefs and the Rams, that incredible Monday Night Football game. Of the top 14 teams passing the football the most... The only division leader among those 14 teams is Pittsburgh. The only teams with a winning record, Pittsburgh and Minnesota, out of those 14 teams. So passing the football, not always a recipe for success.
4: Yeah, most of the time you're passing when you're from, playing from behind. That's what Yeah,
11: good point. Yeah, but, well, that's it. Or you just have a skewed offense where you're just putting too much on your quarterback. You need to run the football more. That's what Green Bay needs to do. That's what Minnesota needs to do. That That'll help both teams, but we'll see how it plays out tonight.
4: Perhaps you could answer this question for me because it's the question of the week, I would think. Why mm-hmm. don't people think that you, Jackson is going to make a difference for the Bengals-Browns game today?
11: Uh, well, because, you know, a couple things. Because there's so much difference here in Cleveland. You know, in terms of Freddie Kitchens, and I talked to Marvin Lewis about it this week, and Marvin said, you know, and asked him, is this guy a wild card as an offensive coordinator? And he goes, he absolutely is. Because, you know, with Freddie Kitchens, remember, he, he worked under Bruce Arians in, in Arizona, but he was the quarterback's coach. He wasn't the offensive coordinator. So you don't really have a huge catalog of plays to go back and take a look. And if you see what Cleveland did last time they were on the field against Atlanta, they actually ran some wishbone they threw up so many weird formations and, and the Falcons defense having enough problems as it is just with regular formations, you know, were was befuddled. So, I think that's one of the things that gets tricky about it. Plus, look, Hugh Jackson right now when you're 336 and 1 as a head coach, you got no juice, right? But I think people forget that Hugh, you know, listen, he's not a great head coach. You can say a lot of things about him, but the guy does know football, okay? He didn't just ascend to this position magically. And it's interesting that, that he's working on the defensive side of the football. And Marvin said when Hugh came back to the staff initially, Hugh was putting in time on the defensive side of the football. So just having that extra set of eyes and ears for Marvin Lewis, it should help. By the way, Marvin said that he actually enjoyed taking over the play calling. It was a little weird at first having it back in the headset, but he said it makes you even more engaged in the game going on. And, look, the Bengals' defense did show some improvement last week against Baltimore. They just might want to stop the run, though. Giving him 274 yards, no bueno.
5: All right, Alex, 37 seconds on the clock, which is the total of this Jags-Bills game today. I want to ask you about your level of concern on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the most concerned. Where are you with Brady, Tom Brady, and Gronk's playoff production this season in spite of the injuries that they have?
11: You just went from Jacksonville and Buffalo to New England. That's right, I'm crazy. Okay, good. Okay, just want to make sure about that. Uh, you know, with Gronk, look, he's going to continue to putter through the season, but I do think this time off definitely helped him. As for Brady, there's enough to get to the finish line. I mean, look, this team, the buy came at the right time for them. You know, Tennessee just exposed how tired the New England Patriots were. Sony Michelle, let's not forget about him in the injury equation here. The key for the Patriots is this. Can they get that home field advantage during the postseason? The Patriots have never made a Super Bowl having to, under Bill Belichick having to go on the road during the postseason. If they can play at home, they're fine. If they're on the road, look out. Might have a new Super Bowl team in the AFC.
4: You're the man, Mr. Marvez. A great day to you. A wonderful week. And we'll speak to you next Sunday. God Mazel, mazel. Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Alex Marvez, Fox Sports Radio's NFL Insider. He's the man. Get him on Twitter, at Alex Marvez. Brian, no Andy Furman. It wasn't a clown outfit, but he sure was one. That's next. Those picks coming right up about 10 minutes before the top of the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian Noah. I'm Andy Furman. But before we proceed any further, we got some breaking news from Isaac Lowenkron. <laughs>
6: Breaking news from Fox Sports. The San Francisco
4: 49ers have just announced that they are releasing linebacker Reuben Foster after he was arrested overnight at the team hotel in Tampa, Florida on a first-degree misdemeanor domestic violence charge. Again, the 49ers have just announced
2: that they are releasing linebacker Reuben Foster. Andy and Brian, back to you.
4: Thank you so much. How's that? That's huge news. And i tell you what, they released him before they even got to the courts. Even they yeah. gone to the courts. Not, so Not a shock.
5: Not a shock just because they stuck their necks out for him before. And now he's involved in something like this again. And Alex Marvez brought it up. Who else, in terms of NFL teams, is going to pick up Ruben Foster down the road? So if you're the NFL, why box yourself into a corner by kicking him out of the league and setting a precedent and the next time it happens, are you going to kick this guy out of the league? And all? Why cross that bridge if you don't need to if other teams aren't exactly lining up for his services?
4: No doubt about that. I'm sure there'll be more conversation about that at the top of the hour 9 o'clock Eastern when Mike Harmon and Dan Byer on their fantasy football show. Get that on iHeartRadio, the Fox Sports Radio app, and many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates. But right now, it's time for my guy, Brian No and Noe's Picks. Are you
6: ready for Sparky, here's the deal. Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian No is here. And now the time has come for nose picks. All right, Andy, I
5: failed the betting public last week. I was 0 2 1. Terrible, wow. awful, wow. winless oh. week. But I'm going to atone for it. All right, out with the old, in with the new. I love the Carolina Panthers at home today. I'll. Lay the three points against Seattle. The Panthers play great rush defense. They're a different team at home. I'm going with the Panthers. I've got the Vikings at home. I like the way their defense is performing. I think they get it done against Aaron Rodgers and company. I'll lay the three and a half with the home team. I'm going with the Vikings. And I think there's going to be a lot of points in this Giants Eagles game. Eagles' secondary is decimated. Not like the Giants are stopping everybody in their, their path. So I'm taking the over 48 and a half. What do you think about that, Andy? I like that. I like that okay. a lot. No secondary there for the Eagles. Very good. Very good good luck for you today I'm on glad that. glad you uh, give me the thumbs up on that. Now it's time to go your own way, Andy Furman. Something light, something heavy. What do you have for us?
4: Well, yeah, i got some great news first. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Now, here's the news that I have. Parents of players on the Chicago high school football team have filed a lawsuit, get this, claiming that a parent of an opposing player, he get this, he wears a referee uniform and influenced the outcome of the game. The Simeon <laughs> Alumni Association and parents of Simeon Career Academy, their players filed a lawsuit last week against the Illinois High School Association. Simeon lost the Class 7A quarterfinal game 34-27 to Nazareth Academy, a high school game, and the lawsuit says a parent of a Nazareth player wore a referee uniform and influenced calls that were made by the officiating crew of that game.
5: Amazing. Amazing. Crazy. All right, I yeah. got one for you. We've got a counterfeit ticket seller on the run. This guy, Jeff Cook, he sold counterfeit counter. Well, he promised tickets to last year's Georgia Notre Dame game. He didn't have all the tickets and he just had a voicemail for the people that bought tickets to the game and said, I don't have the full allotment from Notre Dame trying to get it. Once I get them, I'll give them to you. They didn't get their tickets. Amazing. Can you imagine if you were saying to your nine-year-old son, hey, we're going to go see the dogs and it never happened. Not good
4: ugly. See you next week. Have a great day.
2: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.
0: Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with G Young Yu, G Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I
2: think I learn a little bit with every character that I have I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people.
0: If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.